what are you doing, Doc? I need fuel. <laughs> Give me fuel, take a fly, send me tracing out of Zion. Now, here are your hosts, John Eddie Jr. and Tom Tuttle. Welcome back to Fantasy Fuel. I'm going to have to make a separate bump because we've had our co-host, The Network, on many times. And um, every time I keep playing that same bump that says, uh, here's Tom Tuttle. But again, Network's with us. How are you doing, Network? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Um, happy holidays to you and yours and everybody out there listening. Yes, yeah, same to you. It's uh, it's that time of the year. It's that time where we spend too much money on all of our loved ones, and it's that time where we're hopefully winning that money back in the fantasy football playoffs, which we are right smack dab in the middle of. And let us wait no further. Let's talk about Week 15 matchups so you can hopefully – get into that championship of yours in your fantasy football league because most leagues are this is this is the game this week if you win you're in and you're fighting for the big prize in your big money league so hopefully we can do you some do you some good service this week and uh, everybody can tell me how much money they won that week next week um so yeah thursday night your las vegas raiders are hosting the los angeles chargers and uh we're going to be missing somebody maybe not super fantasy relevant but henry ruggs got placed on the covid list but that might make other people fantasy relevant like you would ask me just before the show started hey i got a flex option and that flex option was nelson Aguilar. i kind of like him I don't know what your thoughts were before we started talking about this, but you know, if you need to have a flex option in a wide receiver, I, I kind of like Nelson Aguilar tomorrow night. Yeah, um, I do too. I just lost uh, Marquise Brown to uh, the contact tracing or something, and I just noticed right before we went live, and I had Nelson Aguilar, Tim Patrick, and somebody else sitting on my bench, and I was like, wait, to me it seems like David Carr even figured out where his bread is buttered. He's not necessarily forcing the ball in um, places like Henry Rugg, right? Um, Brendan um, Burtz and Hunter Renfro is making some great third down plays and some, in some key moments. Sure. But I think the rest of the season, them taking it on the chin last week, like they did, he's just going to let it fly to Waller and Algalar just yeah. to, trying to not have happen what happened last year to them. Yeah, I mean, obviously Waller's going to be the guy that's going to get the most targets, but Nelson Aguilar just this last week had nine targets, only one less than Waller, caught five of them for 100 yards and a touchdown. I mean, if you can get that in the fantasy playoffs out of your last flex spot, you will be extremely happy. So that, I believe, is a good option. Uh, Derek a great Carr, option. He's motivated as well. Yes, I he believe is. he was on a one-year, very yep. cheap deal. Yep, he There's was. going to be suitors after this season, and the, it would be probably in the Raiders' best interest to pepper him a lot. Yeah. Um, I, he's not going to take no hometown deal. No. He's, this was his hometown deer, um, deal year. So they should um, try to make him happy. 
Yeah, make him happy and get a, a compensatory pick of some kind. I'm not 100% sure how all those work, but if he leaves in free agency and they can get, you know, a fourth or fifth round extra pick, I mean, that that's worth it because um, I don't think they're going to be able to pay him what he's going to want to keep him around. But um, something's better than nothing, and a draft pick can always turn into the next big thing for him. So hopefully that it works all depends. out. How they feel about Ty Williams? Because I think he has one more um, year on his deal. If oh, they'll be able right, to save right. Some cap by cutting him, or are they doing a good faith? Um, sorry that this has happened to you, kind of thing. Yes, and keep him. <laughs> he's made a lot of money in the last two years and hasn't really played. Right. So they have that locked up. Um, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. I don't know what their cap is like, but something really has to be done as far as the weapons. Hopefully the young young men can develop but if nelson aguilar is your best <laughs> deep threat and you drafted two wide receivers early in the draft a draft pick you're going to get for compensation for aguilar ain't going to do you crap because you obviously can't draft well right. i had to put that in there <laughs> yeah it almost feels like an attack on me as an eagles fan because we have drafted absolute garbage at wide receiver and had a good couple of years out of nelson aguilar um but yes i i agree a hundred percent now we got to talk about who the Raiders should be uh, using as their bread and butter, and they have for the most part. But one Josh Jacobs put a lot of fantasy owners in a predicament before the game started this last weekend. I don't know if you saw this, but I had Devonte Booker on my bench, and Josh Jacobs himself put out a message on Instagram saying he wasn't playing even after the Raiders themselves said he was going to be active. I'm like, if he's not playing, I want to get Booker into my line. I know he's not a great option, but if he's all the Raiders got at running back, because uh, I believe somebody else was inactive for the Raiders too. Uh, Theo Riddick was inactive. So they were down to like two running backs. Like, okay, well, if Josh Jacobs is out, then it's pure volume. And I'll take pure volume as my, like, flex and third running back option all the time but cooler heads prevailed i discussed it with our friend joe our friend of the show and i was like this is what's happening i don't know if i can trust this it sounds like he's trolling people but if it's true and i sneak him in because this was like 10 15 minutes before the game started and i i wanted to make the right decision and i i went with my gut instinct as no i took booker out I am keeping Niam Hines in there, and it was the right move, but yeah. these guys, we might start seeing some more of this from these guys that don't give a crap about your fantasy teams. You hear that all the time. There's some guys out there that I don't care about your fantasy team, and they might start doing this on purpose before the game starts. So we're going to have to really look at who the guys are out there that do play the fantasy, don't play the fantasy, and we're gonna have to like we're gonna have to have a list up. All right, these guys are trustworthy. These guys aren't trustworthy. I'm checking my Instagram for these guys, but not for these guys. It's gonna be a whole new story next year with this. I agree. Um, I noticed something um, that when they was on Hard Knocks, you could not find Josh Jacobs anywhere. Really, like he was purposely trolling the cameras to not be on camera and even talking about it 
on his Twitter. Ha ha ha, y'all ain't seen me yet. It was like oh my week three of the show, and you could never catch any footage. <laughs> and I thought it was um an arsehole move, right? Being like you're a, a touted rookie coming into the league and you're on this TV show and you're purposely trying to not be recorded on this TV show. Yeah. That, that, in my mind, from coaching before, that tells me you're avoiding even some workouts. Like, if the cameras is on right here and you're doing your best, something to not be on camera, man, you, this is a job now. That's part of the job. Yeah. And him tweeting about it rubbed me wrong. So this doesn't su- su- surprise me. He trolls on. This is kind of Josh Jacobs. Right. He almost feels like the new Marshawn Lynch when it comes to the media. Like, I don't care. I'm only here because I'm supposed to be here. And if they would have forced him to go on camera, he probably would have went on camera. But there probably wasn't nothing in the contract that said he had to be there for hard knocks. So he was doing his best just to he stay away. He had help from A.B. He, he had help from Antonio Brown. Oh. The cameras obviously <laughs> wanted to hone in on Antonio Brown. So he had help. That's but true. He, I watched the whole season, and he didn't. You you only saw glimpses of him, even when it came down to plays in practice. Hmm. That that whole hard knocks was trash anyway. Yeah, I've never been a big fan of it. It doesn't really entertain me too much. I'll watch some of the highlights if somebody tells me something cool happened, but it's not been one of my um, I gotta watch it every single year type of shows, but. Uh, little tidbits like that do come to light, even you know down the road. We're like, oh yeah, that guy. Hmm. Okay, it's really awesome. You meet you meet personalities like I like Carl Nassib from the Cleveland. He now mm. he's now in the Raiders. Yep. And also, it's really apparent when after their own hard knocks, they get fired. Oh, because yeah. you can kind of see like um the was it the the Rams coach? He got fired after being on there. And then just recently, somebody else, oh, uh, Hugh Jackson got fired after being well, on there. Hugh Jackson um, did enough to get fired before. Yeah. 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 What's, what's the Rams guy uh, that had, like, the, the losingest winning Jeff, percentage? Jeff Fisher? Jeff, was that the one that got Okay. Yes, he got it. He got an ax after being on Hard Knocks. You get a close look at what's happening behind the scene and how much control um, a, a, the staff, the faculty have oh, on what's sure, going sure. on in their house. That's why I like it. Okay. It's almost like uh, not quite the new version of being on the cover of Madden uh, when bad things happen to you when you're on Hard Knocks, but we haven't had many successful teams be the Hard Knocks team. So, yeah. Your Eagles did good. I think they were on Hard Knocks and the Amazon show, and in between those, they won a Super Bowl. Yeah. So, yeah, you guys did well. I'll take what I can get, especially after this year. (laughs) But anyway, uh, let's talk about the Chargers on that side of the ball. Uh, Keenan Allen right now is questionable. Uh, He played through his hamstring injury last week, but he is a game-time decision. Uh, Williams is a game-time decision after going down in the first quarter and not returning, um, Mike Williams is also questionable. It's it's going to be an interesting week. It could be a very stinker offensive showing for the Chargers because Austin Eckler, also questionable. Like, everybody that the Chargers have on offense is questionable. And after the first game that Austin Eckler came back and played in, we thought, oh, wow, Austin Eckler... Yeah, 
bring him back. He he had a great game, and then uh, ever since then, it's it's been nothing. So anybody out there that thought they were getting Austin Eckler back for a playoff run, uh, apparently it's not going to happen uh, for you right now. Uh, let's see. The running game was garbage. Justin Jackson came back, did nothing. Kalen Balage did nothing. I was lucky to get double-digit points out of Hunter Henry in the tight end position last week. Um, so I'm not expecting too much from uh, Justin Herbert and the Chargers, even against a suspect secondary in the Raiders. Is there anybody on the Chargers that you would try and stick in there this week? Um, Keenan Allen, questionable. He is a, a ogre. He is a titan. He, he is. is a trooper. He's like a Spartacus. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, uh, he, if he if he plays, he's going to put up um, at least around his average. There is another wide receiver. He's a rookie. I haven't seen a ton of him. I can I can't remember his name. Is right it now. Tyron Johnson? He's the one that caught the touchdown last week. I don't know if it was the same guy you're thinking of. This particular guy, I want to say that that's not him, but he has his father played in the NFL as well. Okay. Um, But anyway, um, yeah, I should probably do my research. But I like (laughs) him if Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Mike Williams was unfortunate. I paired Mike Williams last week with Herbert Mm. over, I think I sat Jack. Jackson, I set a quarterback to play Herbert and Mike Williams in two oh. leagues that I had them both in, and that didn't end well for me. No, I almost put Mike Williams in instead of, it was between Mike Williams, Niam Hines, and Devontae Booker at the last second, and because Julio went down, so I had to fill that last spot. I was like, Julio, you, I mean, we'll get to Julio after the season's done. We've had our ups and downs with Julio and uh I'm not going to hold back too much on Julio from uh, the postseason until next year. But I didn't choose Mike Williams. I didn't choose Devontae Booker. Thank goodness I took Niam Hines, even though it wasn't a great performance. Uh, But I saw Mike Williams go down, like, almost immediately in that game. He had zero targets, and it was a juicy matchup, and and the Chargers just they couldn't take advantage of it. So... Uh, not too much, but obviously you're not going to sit uh, Keenan Allen if you have him. But other than that, it, it's going to be a very thin week. Um, I guess one more thing with the Raiders. How confident are you with Josh Jacobs going forward? I mean, we got a couple weeks left of the fantasy playoffs. Is he going to be a, a savior for anybody, or is it somebody that we might have to take a look at sitting on the bench because he really didn't do much last week? It would be nice if um, Richie Incognito um, came back because I think the the offensive yes. line is severely hurting for him. Um, I don't. I think going to the well as much as they did and giving them so much work early in the season, not being having a defined number two, they've had a switch from a third down back and Booker being mixed in. When you mentioned Theo Reddick, I forgot he was even <laughs> on this team, right? Um, Maybe this is one of the things that would have seemed better for them to work out with Lynn Bowden. I, I don't, I don't yeah. know. But, yeah, no, I think if you have him, who are you going to start over him? He's due for a game. The Raiders are like their back is against the wall. And I look right. at that as motivation. Are they going to go away from the run game? I don't, I don't think so. Um, The wide receiver for the Chargers I was thinking about is K.J. Hill. 
Oh, okay. Sure that's gotcha. Him. Yeah, KJ Hill. All right. Like him if Allen doesn't play and Williams. Cool, cool. I'll keep an eye on him. Uh, wasn't a name that I had looked too closely at, but uh, it's getting to that point, especially in like dynasty leagues. Like, hey, there might be some little gem pickups if you can still get some free agents right now and stash them on your taxi squad. Uh, those, you just those, reminded me. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, to do oh, that. yeah. <laughs> I got a dynasty league I need to take a look at. Uh, this week we have Saturday games. Uh, we have first Buffalo at Denver, uh, 3.30, well, central time for me, so what, one thirty your time. Uh, Buffalo at Denver, this should be a shellacking. Um, <laughs> Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon are both limited. Noah Fant uh, was estimated as a do, did not practice for a practice that didn't actually happen. So I guess they don't have to give him the designation, but he's banged up. Even their kicker, Brandon McManus, is on the reserved COVID list. He checked into a local hotel on Monday where he'll self-isolate for the next five days. Uh, That was two days ago where that uh, news tidbit came. So they are going to have to, who do they have? They have Taylor Russolino on the practice squad if they need to bring him up and McManus can't go on Saturday. So that'll be interesting. Uh, I don't suggest picking him up. I've never heard that name before. Um, but as far as Broncos go, I know uh, we had some flashes last week. We were talking about your guy, KJ Hamler. He looked decent, but the Broncos as a whole are just not something I'm interested in. Is there anybody there? Uh, I know you had talked about Tim Patrick a little bit. I mean, Jerry Judy's still out there. They're just There's not enough targets to go around for these guys right now, it seems. I'm not sure if, if Drew Locke is going to be something in this league, but every now and then he shows these flashes. Yep. And you look at the, the running backs, they got Gordon, Lindsey, Royce Freeman was a thing in college. <sighs> Yeah. Um, um, but they have uh, Sutlin, Patrick, Hamler, Judy. If they can gel together, yeah, this team is not to be messed with. Just ab- about how much talent they have on their roster. Uh-huh. What would their year look like if Court and Sutton, Sutton went there? To answer your question, I'm sitting everybody from Denver. This okay. Day. All right. And then... The Buffalo Bills, who have been getting amazing performances out of their wide receivers. I I mean, Stephon Diggs is an elite wide receiver on the Buffalo Bills, and it doesn't matter who else is on the field with him. I I believe he's going to set a Bills single-season receiving record in yardage and probably catches by the end of this year. And we didn't see that out of him in Minnesota. He was kind of a on-again, off-again wide receiver there, getting, you know, between 60 and 70 catches, you know, between eight and 900 yards and six to eight touchdowns. And it was enough for you to want him on your team and hope he can break out. And this year, Stephon Diggs has just been amazing. I didn't get him in as many leagues as I wanted to. I got him in a few, but I wish I would have got him everywhere. And then you got Cole Beasley with John Brown out. Cole Beasley has been rock solid. He didn't do enough this last week, in my opinion, for me, if I would have got the touchdown for Cole Beasley instead of Stephon Diggs in the big money league, I'd be winning a little bit more money right now. But that's neither here nor there. 
what is your take on this uh, Buffalo Bills, just the, their offense in general, these wide receivers I, I'm just enamored with? Being void of any running game well. to speak of, <laughs> a vulturing Josh Allen, um, but I even think there's a guy named Gabriel Davis yes. that you can possibly play that um, can give you some good solid floor, good flex numbers, maybe even a breakout game. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. You're not playing any Singletary. You're not playing any Moss. Um, fire up your digs, fire up your Beasley, and then a pinch. And hope Somebody you had Josh you. Allen all year long anyway because uh, he has been a – a possible MVP candidate. I don't think he'll win this year unless they go on a nice little run at the end and get like a one or a two seed, but I don't see that happening. It'll probably be somebody like Aaron Rodgers again, who we'll get to in the next game. But that, and it's not like the Bills running backs are bad. No. Devin Singletary had almost a five yard per carry average, but he only rushed seven times. And. It, it just seems weird. There, there's so much potential between Singletary and Moss, but they haven't been developing their offense around them. And, hey, it's successful. I'm not going to argue with the Buffalo Bills' success this year, but I would love to see it turn into something more next year because, obviously, neither one of those guys are going anywhere. They're both young. They're right. both under contract. They got a lot to look forward to, but this year was a bit of a letdown. This time of year, though, how Buffalo is um, built or how they're made, how they play football, they need to run the ball. They do. They don't. They need to run the ball more. Um, seven carries, five yards to carry. Uh, man, give your defense a little bit more time. Um, right. <laughs> start change. Start playing like you know how we always talk about NBA playoff basketball is different from the regular season. <laughs> yeah. Start playing playoff football right now. That would be a good idea. Um, like you were saying, Gabriel Davis, he had eight targets this last week. He only caught three of them, but one was for a touchdown. So it was a good enough uh, performance if you used him in DFS or if you snuck him into your lineup for you know whatever reason. You know, Like if you had Julio and he was out and you just had to stick somebody in there, he would have been worth it. But it's, it's going to be hard to support three wide receivers every week, especially if John Brown comes back and he is designated to return. I don't know that he'll play this week and I wouldn't put him in this week anyway, but I would be scared if I was a defense. They have four legit wide receivers with Gabriel Davis being a number four. I would think he should be able to do some work against one of those lesser cornerbacks and uh, the Bills will be just fine this week. Um, there's one other Saturday game. This time it is Carolina at Green Bay. And I'm sorry to report, I don't think Christian McCaffrey is going to play again. It was just another one of those scenarios where, like Austin Eckler, oh, I'm getting him back, yes. If I can make the playoffs, I'll have my guy back. And... It doesn't look like it's happening. I think they're going to shut him down. What do you think? I think it's in their best interest. Go ahead and shut him down. I got a productive running back in Mike Davis. What are you trying to prove, per se? You can better your team by taking a couple more L's. You you run him back out there with the hopes of getting him some chemistry with Water. 
you know, uh, looking forward to the future to see what you're working with because uh, Curtis Samuel and uh, DJ Moore hasn't, you haven't had all your pieces on the field yes. at one time. I think so that's, if that's what you're thinking. That's what you should do. He should play. Yeah. That's the only thing I could even project is why they wanted to get him back out there if they did, because there hasn't been enough games this year with everybody on the field. And in the first few games, we didn't have much from DJ Moore. And then he kind of got in sync with them. And then Teddy Bridgewater kind of got hurt. And Robbie Anderson's been consistent but not scoring touchdowns. And then Curtis Samuel came alive for a few weeks. Like, we haven't seen him put it all together. That offense looks like it could be kind of scary if they can all stay healthy next year. So that'll be one that we want to keep an eye on in the offseason to make sure everybody is getting healthy and going to stick around. I don't know if all those uh, wide receivers, I don't know where Curtis Samuel is on his contract, um, but if he's going to be up uh, in the next year, uh, he's going to demand a lot of money somewhere because he has been slowly getting better and getting more involved in that offense. Uh, as far as I agree, as far as the Packers go, I mean, it's, it's the same old, same old. You got AA Ron and you got Devontae Adams and you got your Aaron Jones. And I really, you, you just never know which other offensive player is going to be the one to score. You know, one week it's Valdez Scantling and then another week it's Robert Tanyan and another week both running backs are involved and Jamal Williams and Alan Lazard's been back for three weeks, but he's not getting a bunch of targets. And. It, you just you don't know what's going on, so I would shy away from anybody but the absolute big names. I mean, if you have if you're down somebody because of COVID or something this week, I wouldn't be afraid of putting one of those Packer guys in, but just know that might not be the guy this week. I agree with that as well. I'm I got so used to and comfortable with being able to play Williams in a flex because yes. he'll give me eight to 12 points but that hasn't been the case the last couple of weeks and then i had high hopes for lazard going know, in but like you said he's he's not he hasn't did much since he's been back so fire up your studs yep it's just it, it's time you're in the playoffs you know who your studs are uh if you need some help we're obviously here to help you in those specific situations so uh let us know on twitter at fantasy fuel or at the network one uh, we'll have links in there if you got questions. And again, I'll be around Sunday morning too for those last minute questions and uh, happy to help. All right, those are the two Saturday games. It's weird that we're going to have Saturday football. So another big reminder, set an alarm if you have to, to make sure you're getting guys in and out of the lineup. We said it last week. We'll say it again. I know you've said it a million times before, Network. If you got guys playing on Thursday and Saturday, Put them in at their position. If you have specific flex spots, you don't want to keep these guys in your flex. It will ruin your day if you had a running back in your flex and you didn't stick them in your running back spot and then somebody like Josh Jacobs goes down and you can't play him. Now you're scraping at the bottom of the barrel at the end of your roster on the free agent waiver wire for some running back that you got to put in there. So please, please, Put them at their respective positions before Saturday and Thursday if you're playing those guys. All right, the PSA is over. We can move on to Tampa Bay 
versus Atlanta. Lots of questions still. I mean, them Buccaneers are up and down, and them Falcons guys just they can't stay on the field. Todd Gurley has just dropped off the he he is he done? Is Todd Gurley just done? Because I don't want no part of him anywhere now. And you've got him sitting there, and you feel like you need to put him in your lineup. And I just I don't want to anymore. What what do we do? Do we just say forget it and la, stick our fingers and ears? La 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 la. No Todd Gurley. La la la. We walk up to the mirror and we say <laughs> Beetlejuice three times. Yes, in the dark, <laughs> because the problem is if you have Todd Gurley, he's better than anybody you might get off the waivers. Right. He's better than anybody on that roster. Say, um, Todd Gurley fell on that egg and couldn't play. Guess what? Ryan Hill ain't going to get you there. Nope. And the Edo Smith looks better than Hill, but they're not going to commit to him. Nope. So if you have Gurley, are you going to bench him? They Name didn't. somebody on the wire that you're going to play over Gurley. Well, here's the thing. Gurley had five straight touches on the opening drive this last week and only three after that. The rest of the game, he had three more touches. I, I'm almost to the point where, yeah, I know Todd Gurley's better than these bench guys, but if there's something going on, I'd rather just take the chance at a zero or a big game, uh, you know, one of those guys you know, like Gabriel Davis, if it's a flex option. I'd almost rather play him than Todd Gurley right now because he's not even getting touches. Yeah, they were probably behind, like the Falcons have been most of this year, but I don't trust the Falcons, period. After, you know, Julio goes down and Calvin Ridley put us, he set the world on fire the first few weeks. This Calvin Ridley looked like he was going to be an elite play every week at the beginning of this season. And now, like, I don't even know if I want him in the lineup. It, it, it's weird. I, I don't I don't like the Falcons at all. And I used to be such a huge fan of Julio Jones, but he makes everybody else on that team worse if he's not on the field. And I guess that's the one thing about Julio you can say is he makes everybody better and he makes everybody worse. So uh, good luck to those Falcons because it's probably going to be a trouncing Tom Brady. He knows what to do. Um, we had talked about Ronald Jones a little bit before the show started. He got placed on the reserve COVID list. And he's questionable anyway because he had surgery on his broken finger. So he'll miss the next five days if he's a close contact. And that might mean he's not going to play. Which leads the way for one Leonard Fournette, maybe. Because I think, wasn't Leonard Fournette a healthy scratch last week? Like, they went out and got him, and we all thought Leonard Fournette was going to take the world by storm down there in Tampa. And um, he had a couple good games, and, and, and that was it. Uh, are we trusting anybody on Tampa, you know, besides, you know, maybe Godwin and Evans? You can't trust neither one of them. I, and you definitely can't <laughs> trust Fournette. A healthy scratch last week. Um, screams to me disciplinary. Um, I, I guess they didn't <laughs> need him. But no, I, but it, he's got to be better than your second string running back. Uh, behind Ronald Jones, I mean, I. 
the problem is if Fournette has a good day, I think it hurts Edwin's. I mean, Evans and Godwin. Like That's if they true. commit to the kind of game a team needs to commit to be successful with Fournette. And that's a run-heavy offense, which doesn't bode well for the pass catchers on that team. Yeah, it's it's been an up-and-down year, and it's going to be hard to trust them next year. And you still, we do not know what Tom Brady is thinking. Will he even return? I mean, he's got the option to retire whenever he wants. I know it was a two-year deal, but that don't mean nothing if you retire and I know they're probably trying to do everything in their power to keep Tom Brady for a second year to maybe bring it all together, but I just don't see it happening. I think there is a a disconnect there between Bruce Arians and Tom Brady. Bruce Arians wants control, and Tom Brady's like, I've been in this league longer than anybody out here right now, and I have 42 Super Bowl rings, and I'm going to do things the way I want and I just I don't think it's a match made in heaven, even though we have seen brilliant games this year from Brady throwing a bunch of touchdowns and getting Rob Gronkowski uh, back here and there. But that was it's not what we envisioned before the season started. And you can't bench some of these guys, but at the same time, there's got to be some better options. I mean, we're going to get into it later with another player that we talked about before the show, and this is going to sound weird to you all, but when we get there, you're going to realize sometimes you just got to make that decision and bench a guy that you normally wouldn't. So at this point in time, maybe Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are benchable if you do have a guy that has been hot the last few weeks. Again, it's going to be a case-by-case basis, and we'll walk you through it if you need some help, but... These guys, they're they're not the studs that we had hoped they were. I'm I'm going to take um, the high road here and <laughs> claim plausible de- deniability. Okay. I I I do not agree. Don't don't you guys fault me for not playing these studs? <laughs> but I there's deep down in my spiritual soul agree with you. Like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Mike Thomas, Kenny Galladay aren't aren't the play. It's 2020. Yep. So treat treat it as such. Treat it as such. Hopefully we'll have a completely different story in 2021, but 2020 ain't over and it's still messing with us. So we got to take it as it comes. Uh, Here's an interesting matchup. San Francisco at Dallas. I I remember, and I know you remember too, San Francisco at Dallas. That Whoever won those games in the regular season, and of course they always met in the playoffs. Whoever won that game was probably going to the Super Bowl. Uh, That's not happening this year. I mean, I guess there's still a chance for the Cowboys to win the division, but uh, I don't see that happening. This game, I, I don't know if there is anybody besides maybe Amari Cooper that I even want to have in the lineup. And I just alluded to it. And I'll let Network explain it to you. Who did you bench this last week, and who did you play in his place? I benched uh, Ezekiel Elliott for David Montgomery for the last two weeks. That And it worked out great for me. That is amazing. I mean, you all heard me last week preach David Montgomery from this point forward through the rest of the fantasy playoffs. And you would think that there's not many better options 
to be able to sit Ezekiel Elliott, but he really has been bad. Uh, he had one good week since week six. He's had close to double-digit points, but you didn't draft Ezekiel Elliott in the top three to five picks to get 10 points a week. And when he's had one good week since week six, uh, like we just said, you got to start thinking about benching these guys. Luckily, you had the option of David Montgomery. And was that the league you had just picked him up in a couple weeks back? Okay. A couple weeks back, I picked him up. He was on waivers, a $10, $50 buy-in league. Nice. And I was surprised, and I dropped him. I can't remember Justin Jackson. I forgot who I dropped him for. But I have Ronald Jones on my bench, Zeke on my bench, and I'm playing James Robinson, who who would have thought oh it, and Chris Carson. Yeah, that, that is yeah. amazing. Those three running backs right there, uh, that's a dream going into the fantasy playoffs. So good, good job just scooping him up because when you scooped him up, it was right before he started scoring points. Yep. And I, I thought I remember you sending me a message like, I just picked up David Montgomery – did I do something wrong or right? Like, why was he on the bench? Like, I understand why somebody might want to drop him, but at the same time, he's all the Bears got. So I guess I'll sit him on my bench. And uh, luckily, you've gotten him the last two weeks. You missed out on the first week, but that that's understandable. You're not going to pick him up and play him right away when everybody's, you know, tossing him in the trash. Um, you know, there's <laughs> players that give you faith because I was playing Godwin, sitting him. I was playing Ronald Jones, sitting him. Yeah, like you can grab somebody that's hot and ride that wave. We yes. all know what James Robinson is and Chris Carson with his injury. Make yourselves as flexible as possible. Right. Somebody, there's a there's a playoff darling. Like there was a a preseason darling in the Robinsons and the Mike Davis yep. due to injury. Yes. So there's going to be somebody that's going to pop off like a a pyramid last year right um as an example that is going to win you your league be thorough y'all have a little foresight yes you need it yes there is so much to dig through uh this these last couple of weeks and uh we'll we'll do it again next week for hopefully your fantasy championship but uh, like i said last week right now david montgomery he he's going to be your guy if you have him and you're still not convinced He's been going against some of the worst run defenses. So please stick him in your lineup for now. Um, and of course, we were talking San Francisco versus Dallas, and we got on the David Montgomery tangent. Um, but San Francisco, George Kittle has been designated to return from injured reserve. Uh, he's been targeting a week 15 return, but I'm guessing that's still a little bit of a stretch. But if you somehow have George Kittle, stashed on your IR and you make it to the fantasy championship, that would be a huge boost to your lineup. I scooped him up in one league that got dropped and put him on my IR and I scored the second most points in that league this week, but I went against the team that scored the first amount of points. So I was unable to quite make it far enough to use George Kittle. It was a good thought, but unfortunately I'm not going to get him. Now, yeah, yeah. is there anybody on San Francisco? Any? It feels like I'm asking the same question. I'm looking at these teams like, is there anybody yeah. you want yeah, to play? Fire up Brandon Ayuk. Okay. And the running backs is a dice roll. Oh, so much. Um, somebody's going to eat. Somebody's going to be productive, especially with Debo out. Right. Because Debo is the extension of the running game. Mm-hmm. So is Ayuk. But 
what really do they have? And they're playing um, balls out right now to their best ability. So fire up Ayuk. And if you want to, I'm, I'm staying away from that backfield because you just never know. So maybe Jeff Wilson. Is Mostert playing this week? Uh, he didn't How? practice Wednesday, so yeah. it's yeah. going to be one that you're going to monitor. Hopefully you don't have to have that as a, uh, an option. But, yeah, the, any running back for the San Francisco 49ers is able to do good. We have seen it from every single one of them at some point this year, but there's no reason to risk it when you're this far along in the fantasy season. As far as the Cowboys go, again, uh, I really think the only real play is Amari Cooper. He's the only guy that Andy Dalton trusts, and it's just enough to be good. It was four or five targets, 51 yards, and a touchdown. You know what? (laughs) You might want to pick up Pollard, too. And if you have room on your roster, I did in one, one of my leagues. In the thinking of... Ouch, ouch, my elbow, Z. Not being very productive. <laughs> He's paid. <laughs> uh, they're still in the playoff hunt, so I don't necessarily see seeing that happen. But barring an injury, um, barring something happening, you may have pick. You may pick up somebody who can get you the same ten points Zeke is going to get you. That's true. So again, at any minute, somebody could be shut down for this weekend's game. And if uh, Zeke decides he doesn't uh, doesn't need to play anymore this year because what's there to Pollard, play for? Pollard looks better. Yeah. And Pollard probably has something to prove. Zeke's like, I already got my money. I don't need to show anybody what I'm worth this year. They've been beating me into the ground for the past three years. Oh, well, let's save some wear and tear on these tires, and we'll we'll come back next year nice and fresh. So. Yeah. We can talk all day how amazing he's been. He's got a lot of touches in three years. Yes, he does. And those type of running backs, those pound you to the ground. And without Dak, when they fall off a cliff, they <laughs> fall without a parachute. That is so true. All right, let's move on to the Detroit Lions. Um I don't even know what Terrell to say Davis. About. <coughs> Sorry, I had to throw a name <clears> on <throat> And against <laughs> The Tennessee Titans and King Henry. Derrick Henry is going against another terrible run defense. This could be another insane game. I mean, we don't have to convince you to play Derrick Henry. If you're not playing Derrick Henry, um, come join my league. I've got plenty of room for guys like you. But nobody is that stupid not to play Derrick Henry. But his averages, his projections in these leagues are going up every week. They're like, oh, he's just doing it, and he's doing it, and he's doing it. Like, how do you project a running back for 30 points, you know, but he keeps keeps getting there, and it's going to be another feast for Derrick Henry this week. So with that in mind, is there anybody that you're going to bench because you think maybe Derrick Henry is going to just go bonkers or do you not care? Ryan Tannehill is going to spread it around. The recipe is December football. They all tire. Some of them is already golfing on a fishing trip. You see Derrick Henry running at you in any time after <laughs> halftime, your motivation and wavers 
a little bit. You you, you make bit. life choices <laughs> at that point. So I, I think he's going to continue to go beast mode for the rest of the year. It's I would say look at what the Titans did the last four games of the season, three games of the season last year. You're <laughs> that is so loud. <laughs> Fast track 82. Thank you so much for that follow. Uh, but I can see them um, duplicating again. The question with the Titans is, do you play Corey Davis? Right. If you have um, Brown, you're going to play him. Yeah. You're not going to miss up on that opportunity to have a big game. But Corey Davis is he trustworthy? Can he have a two touchdown game? Can he get to ninety yards on five right. catches? This is Not what's with happening. The recipe of Derrick Henry. <laughs> so take that in consideration. Right. This is what's happening. We've seen Ryan Tannehill have some big games. Now that it's December football, now he's only passing in low twenties. He had 24 attempts last week. He had 212 yards and two touchdowns. That's fine. He's okay fantasy-wise. But those 24 attempts, when you take 9 or 10 of them away to A.J. Brown, that gives you 14, 15 attempts for the whole rest of the team combined. And you know there's going to be a couple of you know little screen passes and dump-offs to Derrick Henry or whoever. You know the tight end's going to get a few. So, Corey Davis, as much as I've liked him this year, and he has been really consistent, he can get lost in the shuffle. He caught all but, three but, of his attempts last week. But wait, he has the higher draft uh, pedigree. Uh, like, they have two studs. <laughs> we just know they can't support both of them. They can hardly um, sustain one. Well, let me go to Tennessee right now just just to see what they look like fantasy-wise in the flag league. Um, They're real close to one another, um, but it has been mostly one or the other every single week. We'll look at this. Week one, 18-9 in favor of Corey Davis, and then A.J. Brown was gone for those couple of games, and Corey Davis did his thing, 10 or 13 and 12. Well, then Corey Davis was gone for a couple of games, and guess what? A.J. Brown, 21-23. Then we got a 28-15 in favor of A.J. Brown, a 12-28 in favor of Corey Davis, a 20-0 in favor of A.J. Brown, a 12-3 when they had that stinker, I believe, on Thursday night. Then they both had 17-19. Okay, good, but not great. Then we had a 30 and a 10 in favor of A.J. Brown. Then we had a 36 and a 10 in favor of Corey Davis. And last week it was 25 to 4 in favor of A.J. Brown. So you are right on the money there, at least fantasy-wise. They are not supporting both of them every week. And when it has been, it's just been mediocre. So if you have both of them, that would be fine. You, don't, you, wanna, play both you don't want to play both of them. <laughs> so if you no, got one no. or the other, you're playing them and hoping them it's that, you know, weak. But there's a, a metric in there. And if you can figure it out, is it the matchup? Is it home? Is it a right? You get what I'm saying? Yes. Did, did, did someone get some loving from that girl the night before? Like, <laughs> what is that dynamic that determines which guy is going off? If you get anybody out there that's listening can correlate something. We want to hear it. We want to hear it. We figured out early. I don't know if it's still going, but partway through the season, we figured out DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett 
when the Seahawks went against a man defense, DK Metcalf feasted. And when they went against a zone defense, Tyler Lockett feasted. So I don't know if there's something here. I haven't read anything about that being the case. I mean, it could just be the matchups um, in their division, uh, the cornerbacks, maybe Ryan Tannehill's face some of them more often. There's so many different variables that we haven't figured it out quite yet with these two. But you can't. Yep. You don't want to sit Corey Davis as good and consistent as he has been this year, but against a Lions team that is bad and bad against the run, if you have another option, again, I'd love to hear it. I, I want to help yep. you make the right decisions these these next couple of weeks. I would be very iffy on playing Corey Davis this coming week. So Yeah, coming up with that, that metric about um, Lockett, and Metcalf. So once the league figured that out, you I, can split yes. coverages and play man <laughs> one side and yep. zone on the other. You sure can. And you have seen a downtick in their production. Yep. A little bit. They they yep. have figured it out. They're obviously very smart coaches out there that can see that. And, and when the public, like you and I, are being told about it and we can see it and we figured it out, like, oh, yeah, it sure definitely worked the next few weeks. A coach has got to, a good defensive coach has got to figure that out and do what they can to stop them both. So maybe that's what's happening. Maybe we don't have a uh, an inside track anymore. And, and really that was only useful for DFS purposes because if you have any of those guys, you're going to play them. So it's not that big of a deal in season long. But for those DFS, those few weeks that uh, I was playing DK and Tyler, I, I was hitting it on the head every single week just because of that one metric. So uh, when you when you find that cheat code, you got to use it as, as much as you can before it goes away. And I, I think it started to go away. Yeah. Oh. But you, we also seen a dip in Russell Wilson. Once that, that, that is true came out, yeah, there was a difference in Russell Wilson's play. That is very true. I mean, Russell Wilson was almost uh, the front runner for MVP, and ever since they kind of figured that out, if that's what happened, he has kind of slowed down, and they're not the powerhouse that they were for uh, those first what seven or eight games. <sighs> All right, Houston at Indy. Uh, Still two very weird teams because Deshaun Watson seems to still be getting his, but what the heck does he have on the offensive side of the ball? We saw Will Fuller go out for PEDs. David Johnson's been gone. Uh, he just is being activated from the reserve COVID list. Brandon Cooks was limited at practice. Uh, Randall Cobb was injured. I mean, Kiki QT had a good game, and then he was banged up. It's it's insane what Deshaun Watson can still do with almost nothing at the helm. So, as far as the Houston Texans go, David Johnson's coming back. I know we talked about him before. How much confidence would you have sticking him back into a lineup right now? We all got them darlings from week to week <laughs> that we got waiting uh -huh, in the wing uh -huh. for an injury from somebody that's in our starting lineup. I'm in a, a sit and hold pattern with David. If somebody goes down that's in my starting lineup, he's the first to go in. And I would like to say is from the eye test, regardless of, of injuries and some other stuff, COVID and stuff that's happened, he's better than, uh, let's say, he's just as good as the top 16 backs. 
um, in this league, in my opinion, in the offense is where, um, not that he's not being used right, the offense is challenged. Um, as far as wide receivers, I don't know if Cooks is playing. You're going to fire him up. I'm not sure if that's concussion or COVID. But if you're looking deep, look at Isaiah Coulter. I believe he's on the, the Texans, and I've heard a ton of good things about him. I don't have an eye test, but they say he's oozing talent. But they said the same thing about Kiki Cutie. Right. He's able to step in the role, get some opportunities, and produce. So I just haven't seen the Coulter. C-O-U-L-T-E-R, Isaiah, I, I believe is his name. But I've yeah. heard on, on the back channels that he's amazing. Yep, I, I have heard some rumors about him as well, and you would think that this is the time if we're going to see anything out of him again. Maybe a little dynasty. Uh, you can pick him up and stash him away, one of those types. Um, I'm looking up David Johnson's numbers right now. Just on average, with his about 13 points a game in the flag league, he is the 30th overall running back. So even when he's in there, he's not even quite an RB2, but he does have a two-point game, I think, where he got injured. So if you throw that one out, and maybe he's up to a 15, which would basically put him at the very tail end of RB2 numbers. What number did I throw out there? Did I say? I didn't say 12. You right? said did 16. 16. 16. Okay. I was kind of close. I was close. But that's doable with a consistency. If you know you're getting... 16 to 20 running back production, you know to flex them. Uh, yep. You know what I mean? Yep. You, you know what you're getting. And that's not – you drafted them fourth round, fifth round, maybe some in the yeah. third. But that's in line of being okay. It's not poo-poo <laughs> on David Johnson. No. The offense is the issue, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that whole team had issues right from the beginning of the season when they went on what, 0 for 5 in the first five weeks or whatever it was, and you knew something was going on. They weren't really even able to run the ball right away because their defense was getting shredded, um, and that might be the same thing this week with the uh, Indianapolis Colts. Uh, and there's a bunch of guys on here. I... I put Naeem Hines in the lineup, and he did me fine. But his usage is just so inconsistent that I don't know what to make of him. He's been fine. Again, he's basically been a, a flex option. But he, I mean, when I was looking up his numbers, I think I predicted him to catch 80 or 90 balls by the end of the year. Now, he's not going to do that, but... It's not like he's that far off. I'll look him up right now. Naeem he Hines. has the talent to do that. Like in his career, he's going to hit that. Um, there's no workhorse. They've been uh, on and off with Jonathan Taylor. They've been getting carries to Wilkins. But when you, once again, we come back to the eye test. He looks electric. He yeah, looks like he, he does. In this league. Let him earn his chicken. He's got 62 targets and he's caught 51 of them balls. That's a pretty good catch rate. Yes, it's a running back. There's probably a lot of dump-offs. But he has still caught 51 balls on as little usage as they really have. He had those few big games scattered in there. Uh, you know, week one, obviously, he blew up because everybody got hurt. Um, Marlon Mack, which is a name we haven't said, obviously, since week one, he went out of the mix, and we thought, here we go. It's going to be a one-two punch. Jonathan Taylor, Niam Hines, and... Hines is a veteran, Taylor's a rookie, 
and it just didn't happen. And then you throw in a 26 and a 31 and a few, yeah, a 17 and a 13. And like, he's good, but I, I think he could be even more special. Is this his floor? Because I don't know where, where he finished last year. And his situation, I don't know if Phillip Rivers is coming back. But this is probably the best he'll, he'll consistently ever be with a quarterback-friendly dumping off uh, general like Rivers. Did you see him ever having a high? Of course, we've seen the 30-point, 20-plus point games. Right. And because he's a, has a limited uh, profile, because defenses think when he's in a game, oh, they're passing. Yeah, and I think that's what stops a coach from playing him more because you show our hand. Yeah, it, but it, he he's he's almost getting four yards a carry, and he has had a decent amount of goal line or inside the five and ten yard carries. And for a smaller back, it actually kind of excited me when I saw he's in there down by the goal line. I'm like, that's a good thing, but. On the flip side of it, I think we got a different Phillip Rivers this year. In When he yeah, was with the point. Chargers, he was slinging it all the time, and his whoever his running back was was catching the balls all the time. Phillip Rivers is not the same Phillip Rivers this last year. He has had multiple stinkers of games as far as fantasy goes. And he, it could attest to not having Keenan Allen. He don't have a number one. Tyway. So when you don't have that that guy demanding that respect over there, the right. chief pepper, you can't really get the same results from peppering a back because you, you're you not getting deep. He's shilted over. T.Y. Hilton, I love yes. Mike Pittman. But maybe it's not all on Rivers, and he looks bad. But yes. Take away your 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 number one wide receiver. Right. Wait, you had a good offensive line. It doesn't look that good anymore. But that's on Rivers. <laughs> right. That one is. And, and T.Y. Hilton has come back from the dead the last three weeks. So if you had him stashed on your bench, he is somebody I would like to get in your lineup. And he is making Phillip Rivers just a little bit better. better and, uh, and Himes and Taylor. Yes. Look. Proof. <laughs> they they both are getting. I mean, Jonathan Taylor had one of his best games. I think, you know, it was his best game of the year just this last week. Let's see how many touches he had. 20 carries. Uh, it's his third most carries of the year. He turned that into 150 yards and two touchdowns. Now, he has only had 32 targets on the year, and has got 31 of those balls. So, overall, in the running back game, Phillip Rivers has still gave the running backs a ton of targets. So we got about 90-plus targets for is just in between Jonathan Taylor and Niam Hines, and they've caught 80 balls between the two of them. Now, I wasn't expecting Niam Hines to be the running back, and that's how he would have gotten his 80 catches, but I wasn't far off in my thinking that the running backs for the Colts were going to get a bunch of catches. So... Yeah, yeah. It, it just happened to be that Jonathan Taylor, as a pure runner, ended up being much better than Niam Hines this year. Yeah. We have – I have did some coaching, and, and I'm, I'm very thankful for experiencing these things. We have um, a smaller running back on our team, and every year he would be, like, second on the team in rushes. But he got very little run because he was small. Sure. and But, but he ran the counter – 
the best. Oh, out of okay. We had talented running backs, but he's short and his step to the right, and he would take off to the left. That was his bread and butter. Nice. And he was scared to death. <laughs> like he, And that would motivate him to run that counter and get away from Cats. And he would get our longest runs, and we would run right, 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 right. And then, oh, put bing. him in, run a counter, and run the left. So it oh, was a, nice. a scheme thing. Sure. He was talented, but he really was only good at that <laughs> One thing. Do you think yeah. he got like lost behind the offensive line too, where the cut would make more of a difference? Because I, I could see that being like everybody's going one way. He makes the cut, but he's also small enough. But you keep going the one way because you didn't know that he even cut. I think that was partial because as the year went on, it was still successful. And I think that was part of it. But the fact that he was so scared, to, he hardly ever got touched. That just made him <laughs> electrically fast. He only had really had to do anytime we tried to get him to do anything else, nothing worked. <laughs> but we set this up with our hammers and then come play that comeback or a play action off of him. Mm-hmm. It was it was money every time. Money every time. Well, the opposite of money every time is what the New England Patriots have been doing this year. Uh, this is the time of year we have that New England versus Miami game that you never know what might happen. Well, it's not the same. It's not Tom Brady going against the Dolphins. The Dolphins have been a pretty good football team. As it stands right now, I believe they are in the seventh spot for the last playoff spot. Uh, so yeah, this time... <laughs> Maybe it's going to be the New England Patriots that'll spoil it for the Miami Dolphins. But, man, there is not a lot here. Like, on both sides of the ball, besides Mike Gesicki, that I have any interest in playing fantasy-wise. I mean, can you even uh, think think of anybody? Is he even? Oh, he will likely miss at least one game. That's right. Oh, boy. So, um... Is there anybody on either of these teams that is even rosterable at this point of the year? I think Parker's banged up. Preston Williams, I haven't seen in weeks. Jaquim Grant is banged up. Yeah. Um, wait a minute. Is Isaiah Coulter on the Dolphins? Um, Not the Texans? Wait, no, no. They have Isaiah, another. I, I, oh, I they got Ford. Ford, I think. Ford, they traded. They traded to the Patriots. They got a seventh-round pick. The Patriots cut him, and then he re-signed with the the Dolphins. So they got their player back, and they get to keep the draft pick. <laughs> so you're not playing Ford, but that uh, is no. who I was thinking of. I think uh, uh, Devontae Parker, is he playing? And Jakeem Grant, is he playing? Yeah. Um, I love Jakeem Grant. I don't think he's worth a play really yeah. right now. Yeah. Uh, Lynn Bowden has been getting some play yep. time and some uh, – he had – 35 pass routes this last week. Yeah. So they're at least trying to see what they got of him. He caught seven passes for 82 yards. Maybe, maybe. On a couple of leagues. I mean, if Gaskins don't play, Ahmed don't play, Brita don't play, you fire that young man up. That's that opportunity. He's not going to DeAndre Washington you, I hope. <laughs> you I hope. Premise that. But um, a high draft capital. And he's possibly playing for his entire career yeah. right now. This year passes if he doesn't make a mark in this league in in, in in just a glimpse, no other teams will vie for him. 
Right. Nobody's going to trade for him right now. No. But if he gives a glimpse, he creates the value with the Dolphins. He maybe secures a roster spot next year. Could they could use him? Yeah. So I'm always looking for that player with that chip and that motivation. Other than that, <laughs> Tua. If you're in a bind in a two-quarterback league? Maybe? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, Julian Edelman is set to return from the injured reserve. It's a name we haven't heard for quite a while. Belichick said he's day-to-day, but I am not even considering that. Even if he is active in the next week or two, I don't think he would provide enough of a spark, even in like a championship game setting, to make me want to stick him in a lineup. Um, The... The day has come where I said I will, if I would have to, I would start Jacoby Myers over Julian Ellis. Uh, slap me now. Just slap me now. I, I can't <laughs> because I agree with you. That's the worst part. I mean, Myers is at least getting some targets in Demir Bird's getting about the same amount of target. Like, it's just not a good passing game in New England. Cam Cam got benched last week, but he's still going to be the starter. Like what? And Demir Bird has history with Cam. Didn't he come from Carolina? I believe he was there at least for one of the seasons Artist while Cam Steelers was still It's one of those. The information just gets scrambled. Oh yeah. But yeah. I would probably stay away from that game because there's so much coach animosity. <laughs> Like you just said, sure. they, they they traded a Ford, got Ford back. New England and the Dolphins despise each other. Oh yeah. Like, um, if I I hope the Dolphins win, you know, you know my love for the oh, Dolphins. Of course. And it's time for the changing of the guards, but at the same time, if the Dolphins wins, it hurt the Raiders. Yep. It does. Now I, I was just getting I was trying to think of a comparison of uh, who Lynn Bowden could be like. And if he got into the right offensive scheme, I was thinking maybe he could have a season like Tariq Cohen did a couple of years ago. Do, is that a fair comparison or is it not quite the same? You know what sucks? I haven't, I got to see it. You know, I seen sure. it. Was it Kentucky, Western Kentucky, where he came from? I can't remember off the top of my head, but I want to see it. And I see him more of a Percy Harvin. Okay. I don't see like a, a Tyreek Hill individual, this young in their career, has to be involved, in my opinion, in the kickoff return game. Sure. Has to be how you have to take shots with them. I haven't seen um Bowden speed at this level. And then when, when we were doing scouting with the back row, shout out to the back row network. I looked into his combine, I looked into his high school, and Max Preps had him at a four six forty. And hmm. from watching film on him and seeing that I was, I even tweeted at them. Yeah, I need to fix this. <laughs> There's no way Lynn Bowden is my son's speed. Like, no, 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 no. no. He's not a 4'6". <laughs> There's no way in the world he's a 4'6". And it's how you play in space. Oh, and I of say course. Percy Harvin because I also think Eric Metcalf. I'm thinking of a wide receiver that can do running back things, not a Dante a Hall. <laughs> Maybe Dante not quite, Hall, yeah. but you know, the same type of player. Like, I think he'll be more, more than a gadget. I don't think you can build a team around him. Yeah. But if you get him involved and you have to get him in positions like a Tyreek Hill, where there's just space around him, you don't have to um, take shots with him. Just right. put him 
on an island. Um, you use him more like Debo or Ayuk. Okay. In, right. in, in that sense. And I think he can make some things happen. Not the power running stuff. No. But just that stuff. Put him on the edge or do a middle screen and yeah. let him let him work his magic. Yep. I I fully support picking him up in a dynasty league if he's still available somehow. This is one guy I'm keeping an eye on. If a coach starts getting excited about him in the offseason next year, pay attention to that one. Because there have been a couple of guys like Tariq Cohen a couple of years ago. The coach is like, oh, man, I've got plans for this guy. I really like what he's doing. He's working hard in camp, and he's got a spot, and he's got a role on this team. And if we start hearing that about Lynn Bowden next year, oh, he could be one of those late-round pickups that uh, that treat you very nicely in fantasy football. You don't, you don't get to be a leader on a team in college like he did and not have it. Like, this is a COVID year. It's unfortunate what happened in this previous destination. But I think if you're special, you're special. And what you do, your work ethic and your discipline only makes you who you become. So I'm looking forward to um, getting the eye test because I'm, I'm a slave to the eye test. Okay. What's up, Sir David? Welcome to the stream. All right. Let's uh, move to a very, very nice running back versus running back matchup. Bears versus Vikings, we've already been talking about it. David Montgomery, he's your guy for the playoffs in the fantasy football right now. Do get David Montgomery somehow, some way. Obviously, it's too late to trade for him in the last three weeks. Have proven that you'd have to pay something to get him. And I'm just gushing over this guy. And I'm gushing over him. This year, like I was gushing over Derrick Henry last year. And Derrick Henry's still yeah. doing it this year at this time. So whether it's it's another one of those six senses about running backs going into the last few games of the season, man, I'm, I'm so all over David Montgomery. But in the meantime, Mitchell Trubisky is the ninth highest scoring quarterback in fantasy over the past three weeks. What do you make of that? Well, I, w- I would like to say I'm going to eat a little pie, crow, po- crow pie, because you know how I feel about Miles Sanders. Right. You know how I feel about David Montgomery. Right. You guys, I'm I, in the morning, I got a coffee <laughs> cup in my hand making waiver wires. And when I pick up a person like David Montgomery, uh, John A. Jr. is the first person I call, you know. So if you guys have Twitter questions, if you guys, we can agree to disagree. Sure. If we poo-poo on your player or we say something you disagree hit us up on twitter hit us up on twitter challenge us because we do it to each other all the time oh yeah that's what i wanted to say about <laughs> montgomery and that was a premise to tooting my own horn yes he got pinched <laughs> but this is team trubisky over here has been since we did our, our, our <laughs> preseason rankings and i know he had it in him i had more more they were what was their record when they benched them? Weren't they like they were like four two and, and one? I think they were two and one, and they ended up being three and one even after a game he started. So I think his record was like three and one as a starter, and they still benched him. And I was like, why? Like I understand they had a bad second half, and Nick Foles came in the fourth quarter and did good, but why? Why are you not committing to the guy after three games and you're in a winning record? I love Nick yeah. Foles. He will have a place in my heart for eternity. <laughs> of course. But 
I didn't agree with him becoming the starter at that point. Mitch Trubisky was more of a guy that could do something with that offensive line and those uh, offensive pieces more than Nick Foles. Nick Foles needs an elite offensive line. Maybe not elite. Maybe just like top 12. And he can do some good things with the ball. But if he has to get rid of the ball before he's ready, he, he's an absolute disaster of a fantasy quarterback. And like I said, I love the guy, but he should never have gone in there with what the Bears had on offense at the time. Some people are career backups. Yeah. And and that's not nothing. Let's take uh, Fitzpatrick. Let's <laughs> say um, Doug Flutie, most of his career was a backup, maybe not early on. You can name a couple of guys that shine in that backup role. And 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 Chase Daniels has made a career out of it. Oh God! But he's still not good, though. <laughs> yeah, but he's well paid. He is like very he well paid. He stays in his lane. That is so right. Uh, but yeah, no Chicago. Uh, what do you do with your Allen Robinson? I mean, he's what fine. Do do? He he's he's been fine all year. Uh, I don't know what his contract status is. Uh, how many years they have him left for, but I could see him not wanting to be in Chicago for the rest of his career if they can't figure out what they're doing at quarterback. Allen Robinson seems like a guy who is quarterback-proof as far as fantasy goes, but I think he wants to win more than he wants to get stats. Now, Yeah. At this point, like, get the man a quarterback. I would love to see, like, there's people that spend their whole career on a team and you never see their full potential. I, wish right. I, I could think of one in basketball. I can't really. The one I think, think about in football, and he still had a good career, but I think it could have been even better, was Andre Johnson. That guy had so many yards because he was the main receiving threat but he was only getting like six touchdowns a year. And, and as far as fantasy goes, at least the league that I had him in when he was doing that, you got more points for touchdowns than, you know, yards. I, if he had a 150 yard game in that league, I get six points. So one touchdown was equal 150 yard game. And that don't seem right. 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 Let me ask you this. Who won the Raiders bears trade? Oh, Man, I'd have to go back and look at uh, everything that both teams got. Um, obviously, we're still a little uh, early into everybody's careers that got picked for all the picks that the Raiders got for giving them Khalil Mack. But it's starting to look like the Raiders may come out yeah. on top on that one. There was periods in games Khalil Mack would disappear. Now, even I know that defense is still solid. But he does not stand out. No, he really doesn't. There was one, I was watching the last game. I, I don't even remember who they played uh, last week. Uh, oh, it was the Texans because of I wanted to see David Montgomery. But uh, I saw a defensive play, and it was Roquan Smith and Khalil Mack got there. But I saw Roquan Smith first. That's who I thought of first on that play. And I was like, wait, who is that? Who's 52? I'm like, oh, yeah, they still have Khalil Mack. Like, oh, that's a weird realization to make for a guy that got traded for and they gave up so much capital to get him. I'm not saying he's he's bad. He's, he's still a good player. but Very good, very good. 
I, I noticed that sometimes with Aaron Donald, but you can see why Aaron Donald is invisible, right. triple and double team. And but he's, he's still, still making a presence. <laughs> yes. I see more Aaron Donald than I do Khalil Mack. But yep. when I do, he doesn't jump out the screen to me. Like Aaron, Donald, Aaron just, Donald does. As a side note here, we'll get to the Rams game in a minute. But Aaron Donald, I think, is having uh, the worst season stat-wise in the last like three or four years for him. And he's still the top-graded defensive player in the league. Like that Dominating. tells you that. On the other ends, um, Naganamasu is having, I think, a statistical year. Right. Um, but he isn't any better than he was no. when he was on the Rams. <laughs> yes. Did, did that make sense? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, yes, that happens. I mean, obviously, there's reasons for it. When you've got a bad defense, maybe he's just getting more opportunities. Or if you're on a good team that's scoring a bunch of points and you get to just rush the passer in the third and fourth quarter and you're a defensive tackle and you get a few sacks here and there, it's going to make you look better, but you might not grade out as well because in them first couple of quarters, you're not actually getting to the quarterback when it matters. So there, there's so I much to look Sue. at pop out more than I see Mac. Right. That's yeah. crazy to me. Yeah. Cause it, Sue is doing it. We thing. almost forgot about Indomica Sue a couple yep. years ago. Like he was, have you seen him? I, I oh, haven't. He, no, he is beasted. <laughs> okay. He is beasted in Tampa. He got, he got another or making little, a difference, making of plays. Course, sure. Always in the action. All right. Well, as far as this game goes, uh, Chicago at Minnesota, uh, are you wanting to play uh, like Jimmy Graham, uh, Cole Komet? Those guys are still getting some targets. Jimmy Graham's still getting the end zone. Uh, let me look up tight ends right now because I think Jimmy Graham still might be a top 10 tight end overall. Where is he at so right now? So is Hayden Hurst. Okay, he's 14 according to this one, but that's because he had a couple of goose eggs in the last few weeks, so... Yeah, and Hayden Hurst has fallen from number five overall to behind Jimmy Graham at number 15 because in the last Julio. four Julio weeks, Hayden Hurst has had a zero, a nine, a one, and a one. And again, I think that's partially because of Julio and uh, something is wrong, so wrong in Atlanta right now. They're going to have to completely revamp what's going on there because – Hayden Hurst, he he looked good in that middle of the season. He had a four-game stretch. You're like, okay, I can deal with 10-plus points every week out of him. And yep. all of a sudden, you're not getting anything. And that that's bad. That's real bad. So as far as Jimmy Graham and Cole Komet go, it's not like they're much better. So if you have another option, I'm probably using them. To mention what you spoke on, to piggyback on what you spoke on earlier, if Cole Komet is out there, and you're in Dynasty, go yes. grab him. That don't mean play him. I play in the Empire Dynasty. If the person who won last year has a buy this last week and wins again, we reset anyway. But I'm out the playoffs. If he doesn't win, I'm grabbing these auxiliary pieces sure. for next year. But so, and, and he passes the eye test, and another year removed, Jimmy Graham won't. Yeah, he no. has a niche and he does a job well. Like we were talking about the counter, Naeem Hines. He's he's a red zone guy. He used to be a deep threat. Right. Cole Komet physically passes the eye. Yes, test. he sure does. Um, so speaking of tight ends, on Minnesota's side of the ball, Kyle Rudolph's been banged up. 
Irv Smith kind of had a little bit of a breakout game, nothing like super huge, but he caught all four of his targets, 63 yards and a touchdown, which meant everybody out there that has Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson were like, really? You did this to me this week. This is when I needed the most, and now you're going to start involving Irv Smith. Uh, I don't foresee that being the case too much more this season. Um, The Bears and Vikings are probably going to be a little bit of a dogfight, and there won't be a ton of scoring between the two of them. I'll have to look at uh, over-unders when Sunday gets here, but Kirk Cousins has been a little better in the passing game. But, again, I think they're going to just try and rely on Dalvin Cook because there has been a couple of running backs that have gashed the Bears, and Dalvin Cook is definitely a guy that can keep doing it. So uh, keep your expectations uh, at the minimum for Irv Smith right now, but you're not sitting Adam Thielen and Justin yep. Jefferson. So Nope, nope. I would say um... – Irv Smith is a next year thing, but for this week, if Logan Thomas, and I mentioned this the last time I was on the pod, or maybe we talked about this privately, um, Logan Thomas for the Redskins has a great floor and will continue to have a great floor. Well, go ahead. speaking of, the next game is Seattle at Washington. There's a lot of question marks here. Uh, Washington is optimistic that Alex Smith will be able to play. He had that uh, calf injury. Uh, I never did actually watch the video of him getting, like, cleated in the leg and bleeding all over the place. I I just read about it. I was like, I don't know if I want to watch that. Uh, But Alex Smith, my goodness, he has overcome so much. And this is just one more thing. So if Alex Smith plays, it'll at least be a – Good football game, I think. I, I don't know. Um, Terry McLaurin had a bit of a stinker this last week, but Logan Thomas, like Network was saying, six of seven, 43 yards. That's your 10 points. If you're getting 10 points out of your tight end, that's perfect. Now, we've got an issue at running back for the Washington football team because Peyton Barber is definitely not an answer when Antonio Gibson is out. I need to see. I am almost guessing that Antonio Gibson is not going to be ready for this week. Um, I haven't seen much as far as news goes for him, but the football team did sign Lamar Miller, which is what his third or fourth team he's been on. I don't, I don't know what Lamar Miller has to offer but I'm guessing it's just because Antonio Gibson isn't expected to play in this coming week. So if Antonio Gibson doesn't play, I have a little less hope in a guy like Alex Smith. Um, I mean, they've got Cam Sims and Steven Sims. Um, Maybe J.D. McKissick actually rushed 11 times for 68 yards. That was a decent day. But you're usually relying on J.D. McKissick for catching passes, and he only had two catches last week. So because Peyton Barber isn't very good, they had to rely on him rushing the ball a little bit more. Um, I don't expect a lot out of anybody on Washington. It's hard to bench Terry McLaurin at this point, and Alex Smith needs to go because in the podcast league that Tom and I are doing, he is our super flex option. And he's our only 
super flex option right now. So we really, really need him to play this coming week. As far as Seattle goes, obviously there's it's lock and load, DK and Tyler Lockett and Chris Carson and Russell Wilson. There's not much else you can really put in a fantasy lineup in the fantasy playoffs for the Seattle Seahawks. But there is a guy, Network and I talked about before the show started, both he and I have had Rashad Penny on a league just sitting there taking up space all year, hoping that maybe he would get his chance. And Pete Carroll, uh, four days ago now, says uh, he's close to returning from IR. He exceeded, exceeded our expectations with his movement and quickness and all that. He's really in good shape. I don't know what that means for next week, but he looks as healthy as anybody out there. I like what he's saying, but obviously you can't stick Rashad Penny in there, can you? Nope, you cannot. <laughs> don't trust it. Um, if you kept him this long, I just got into a situation in the last couple of weeks where I started dropping him for the space. Yep. And there were redraft leagues. And I want to say even in my dynasty league, I moved him around. Mm. But um, to get back about Washington, so um, have you guys ever met a, a, a really hot smoking female? I don't know if chick is derogatory at this point. <laughs> yeah, I still use it. I don't mean anything by it, but yeah, right, it's, it right, still right, get right. used. So I'm just trying to just, just trying to drive it home. And she was smoking hot and didn't know it. Well, the Washington football team. <laughs> defense is smoking hot oh yes they know it they do and they know it so um moving forward they should probably build their team behind their defense and they can squeak in the playoffs for a couple of years getting to seattle in their running back situation they're grasping at straws you pick up penny you store them if you have an hour spot i don't think he'll be able to produce you anything to bring you a champion but we have been wrong um, in previous podcasts we told you the same thing um eckler was not going to come back to form and and my gosh jolly <laughs> we were wrong so why not grab you have the space you have people on your bench you're not playing right yep how valuable are they are they a lottery ticket now put into perspective if it is for this year i don't know what your running back situation look like and i know i'm playing chris carson so my mind tells me to lean away from penny yeah because if penny comes back that's going to hurt me more than it helps me that is very true in that aspect. I don't have any shares of Chris Carson this year. He just he didn't, you know, tickle my fancy where he was being drafted. Um, but I was more than willing to take a shot in the very very last rounds of with Rashad Penny, and it, obviously it didn't mean anything this year. It may be a guy because of the format of the big money league from here on out. If he does come back. I may stick him in there just solely for the upside that he could, you know, go off. Ten carries in a hundred yards is not out of the realm of possibility for Rashad Penny in a game. But this is this is a whole different story with the format it's got. Do you do you do you value Chris Carson? Or do you see Chris Carson as an RB one? Um, and I think his contract <laughs> is up. I'm not sure. Anybody I can let me know. I was on Chris Carson 
the year before he became the full-time starter, like the last part of that year, I was like, hey, guys, they got this guy named Chris Carson who's been doing really good, and then they drafted Rashad Penny, and that's when Chris Carson was like, no, 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 this is my job. But since then, he's been just getting banged up here and there, and I love him as a runner. If he were a healthy guy, he'd be like almost in fantasy points-wise – an Adrian Peterson type player where you know exactly what you're going to get every week. But the problem is, is he hasn't stayed on the field enough. And that's why I shy away from him because I I don't like taking that chance. I I brought that up because Chris Carson and Josh Jacobs, in my opinion, are the same player. Uh, That's a good comparison. I like that one. Um, It's um, the eye test. We keep bringing this up. When I see it, he runs they run similar and they run so violent. They're so fall forward guys behind no offensive line or a good offensive line. They're uh, duplicates. They're dupes in my mind, but I love Chris Carson, but I know how violent he runs. I'm not going to get a 16 game season out of it. Yep. And Josh Jacobs was fine or is fine, but he came from Alabama and Mm -hmm. they circled um, running backs around the wagon, so he was not a featured back. Will he be? Can he be a featured back in the NFL? Yes, but because of his running style and how violent they run, you you good offensive line or not, right? They're going to have um, compensatory uh, issues, and that's what I mean by that is you get a calf injury. And that calf injury, you muscle through it. Then you get a thigh injury. Yep. Um, they're, they're compounding injuries that start off as something, but you start compensating for that in the rest of your body, and it just it, it, it just don't bode well. Yep. And then they get healthy, and they come back, and they look great again in them first few games, and then that one little injury just it, it makes a trail of other injuries behind it. And you're always wondering, is this guy ever going to stay healthy? And usually the answer is no, just because, like you said, their run style and how violently they run, just it doesn't add up to a good career. There's only been a few out there that have made a career out of it, and it still wasn't long careers. You know, guys like Jerome Bettis, he kind of tailed off, and he was just a goal line back for his last couple years in the league. And, I mean, that was good enough for fantasy in some aspects because you're getting a touchdown every game out of Jerome Bettis, but you're getting negative one yards on the ground. I don't know what they're labeling Josh as, but I'm willing to bet money it's that shoulder from last year. Ah, uh, okay. I'm willing. Like, it won't be labeled as. We go look it up. <laughs> but that labrum falling off the oh, bone or whatever, yeah, like sure. a hamstring on a leg, like that just don't go away. Yeah. It may be a calf or a thigh or a concussion, a neck, but I'm pretty sure that shoulder is not rosy. Nope. It, it's not going to be until he gets to actually sit down and rest that thing. All right, a few more games left. We've got Jacksonville at Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore coming off one hell of a game. I watched most of that game, but I didn't have the audio on. It was just kind of over there while I was doing something else, and I just kept like, what is going on this game? They're back and forth. Lamar Jackson is off the field. He comes back on. Their backup gets hurt. Like, what the heck is going on in Baltimore? 
this should be a game that they can kind of rest easy. Uh, maybe it'll be both an Ingram and J.K. Dobbins game. And by the way, I wish Tom would have been here for this because he's been on J.K. Dobbins. You know, before he got drafted, he's finally getting that role secured, it looks like to me. And also, I wanted to talk to Tom about one Des Bryant. We had <laughs> just mentioned, because he got uh, taken off the field in warm-ups before the game the previous week, and Des Bryant, they said, tested positive. Okay, well, that sucks. And we said, what if it was a false positive? And uh, apparently that is exactly what happened. Um, they were announced as false negatives. Went on the coronavirus list anyway. I don't know. It's, it's been an up and down thing for Des Bryant. He said he wasn't going to play no more, uh, but I have a feeling Des Bryant's still going to try and get on the field. Not that it's fantasy relevant, but what did you make of this whole Des Bryant situation? That we're human. <laughs> and being that everything that Des has went through from possibly trying to recreate itself a la Terrell Owens and his image, yeah. getting back into the league and having like a gun cock poking at your nemesis and being like, <laughs> Somebody hand, like the Grim Reaper hand come down from, I'm not even, that's probably not a good example. <laughs> but taking that, there has to be like some kind of situation where when you're playing at the highest level of sports in your field and having a chance at redemption yeah. and having it just snatched away. I don't do well with roller coasters, emotional <laughs> roller coasters. I couldn't imagine being so pumped up to yes, play the Cowboys. So much. And then being yanked pregame and then being told during the game that it was a false positive. Is that true? I I, I can't follow the events there's so many that? rumors i heard a few days ago that it was a false positive but that may have been uh, a miscommunication because this uh the article i'm looking at says whatever was going on with bryant is over after seven days bryant supposedly tested positive pregame last tuesday night against the cowboys but they were then announced as false negatives so i don't understand how all that goes he went on the list anyway uh, he's off. So he apparently didn't test positive because if he was for sure positive, that's a, that's like a three week thing or two week thing. You, you've got to be, you got to be gone. Right. Right. But right. Right. Speaking of so, going on the reserve list, who's on the just, reserve just, list. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> just cause we brought that up. I would like to say, um, even with everything he's posted on Twitter, like he's a changed man. Cause yeah. that would have broke me. Just we play this. This is a game and they make millions of dollars to play a game we love. And it's a game right. there. There are pawns there are on our chessboard. And to be to see that happen to someone tears me apart. Like I'm not invincible and I love this sport, but I could not put myself in his shoes. Let's take Antonio Brown out of it and then be as discipline on social media about it like i am poor my social media <laughs> is becoming my diary at that point because right. i love the game so much there's nothing 
in my core that says Des don't love, don't love the game. I he might love the game too much. Uh, that, so that shout out be. to Des Bryant <laughs> and everybody that's listening to this podcast. Think about that for a second and um, make that applicable in life. Like football teaches us a lot of things. And sometimes we don't give these players credit. I don't know how I would have handled that situation just from the mental aspect. And you asked me a question, but I did not want to gloss over <laughs> that's that. Okay. That's okay. That's uh, okay. The question I asked was, speaking of the COVID list, who just went on the COVID list for the Baltimore Ravens? I know. I think you alluded to it earlier because you have him and you have to yes. find a replacement for it. He's, because... he's my my fantasy darling. We all look for players around this time of the year. And I think the Ravens are going to get back on track. I had Marquez, Marquise, and I've been trying to figure out how to pronounce his <laughs> first name, Brown, in my flex. But I think you told me we just before we went live, yes. COVID list don't mean COVID, right. but out. Yep, it uh, says a positive test would rule Brown out for week 15, but there's a chance he can still get cleared if it's only a close contact. We just haven't been told which it is uh, right now. Also, Miles Boykin and James Proche are in COVID protocols. I don't know who James Proche is, um, but yes. that is... Proche. Pro se, okay. Um, pro se. Um, it's P-O-S-S-I-E, and he has lineage in the NFL. Um, his uncle, father, oh, okay. somebody Interesting. Um, played in it. But now I'm showing up. We talked earlier. James Rob- Robinson is questionable. You refresh that. Uh-huh. Let's see what's going on with that. And Chris Carson, when we went live, they did not have questionable tags. If you can bring some light on to that that would be great i wish i could i don't have any new news on james robinson uh other than the fact that he did okay again last week uh enough to be fantasy relevant almost every single week of this year he is already like the best rookie running back that wasn't drafted in like league history uh basically so uh, obviously we're going to monitor it, but I, I, I expect him fully to play. I can click it, but it, we, we look at our, you guys in chat, we look at our lineups before we go live and we talk and discuss for about 15, 20 minutes, if not more. Mm-hmm. And I just looked at this and I have two players that's questionable now. <laughs> of course, at any given moment, they will throw a curveball at us. Uh, it seems like things update differently for different teams i don't know if there's like a a time frame that each team has to do it and if it's like a time for everybody or if it's a time for each time zone or you know how all that works i know i know we're going live i mean long i gotta ask you a question you remember when questionable probable (laughs) and playing Uh, was i miss those days like it better than yes i loved it back in the day because you you would see that probable you're like okay so he's nursing some kind of an injury but they're really confident he can play and then questionable was like the middle ground like all right and then the doubtful was like oh it's julio jones doubtful time is it okay that's what this week is well i'm gonna bench him because i don't like the word doubtful now everything yeah, is would, questionable, and I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I would love. I don't know if COVID is playing into this, but I think I felt this last year. Yeah. Because before COVID happened, questionable, I don't know. I just I just had to ask that question. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll definitely cover that one more again. Maybe they'll change it up again 
next year or maybe the league just didn't want to deal with it like all right did he, did he practice all week not quite all right he's questionable i don't care anymore like we i'm not doing all these stupid tags and i can kind of get it but as fantasy football people we need as much possible information as there is out there to make our best decisions and the league didn't do that with us with the questionable tag the last couple of years so we got to work with what we got to work with and uh good clarification thank you for that because we you guys that listen we have these problems too oh they yeah. change and we can't we have a harder time speaking of harder times uh you playing dj chark anywhere anymore <laughs> Because uh, he's getting targets, but he ain't getting enough catches to make me want to get him into a lineup. I don't know if it's quarterback play. I think Gordon Mishu, right team? Yeah. Yep. Came in in relief. <laughs> he looked okay. Starter. Yeah. But I, eh. Eh. finding those trends, and I wish I could, I wish I could give you like some, a league where it counts, where I'm going to make some money at the end of the year. Right. That I'm playing him. And it, there's there's no. people with and, and and I beat on my chest in the beginning of the year how I felt about him. Right. And at the end of the year cast, when we do our love and hate, <laughs> shout out to Matthew Berry, ESPN. Yeah. But we're gonna see ourselves grow in this year. And this year, I hope I can ball up and throw away everything from it. And it's COVID related. And just 2020 related. Like, I want to take and erase this year from all my data because I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's going to make a lot of people feel real silly because uh, obviously we couldn't project any of what was going to happen this year. I mean, we'd made our best guesses, but we knew deep down that there was going to be a lot of guessing. There was too much that we couldn't keep track of there was too much that we couldn't you know just the, the trends weren't going to be there because tuesday games wednesday games and moving them around and switching <laughs> I, by weeks let me let me let me tell you like i think we talked about this personally recently about two weeks ago i kind of checked out and didn't do waivers and you don't know yeah. me that being that guy. <laughs> no. so this last week that was two weeks ago right this last week with the time changes i'm used to my three games on sunday and in between that second game, I take a nap somewhere in between. <laughs> like, yeah. I, like, like you probably know this. I do. So when the Monday game happened, and I went to work, and we're we're all trying to make it. Like I, like you said, what happened? You guys, John Eddie Jr. asked me what happened <laughs> Monday night with Lamar Jackson, and we bounced things off each other. I literally was like, I was playing a game, and I seen the <laughs> melodramas, but the. We have discipline, and we check our sites and all our information and our resources. But the time, and I'm I'm speaking for myself, and I think when we talk, I'm speaking for John Eddie Jr. as well. We're screwed. <laughs> like <laughs> my discipline, I need that middle day nap to pay attention to the first game and the last game, and I kind of fit the middle game. But when they get to moving times, oh. like it's hard. It's I been, thought I was a diehard fan. I mean. I've had to move around when we record this show a couple of times this year for scheduling reasons, personally for me, um, and some for Tom even too. But I changed it to Wednesday, and I was like, okay, that's the perfect middle ground for the week. 
it, it's a couple days away from the game, so we we've gotten all the information. We've gotten the Monday night game over with, and even if there's a Tuesday night game, oh, we get that one over. And then they threw a Wednesday game. Yeah, like yes, it was over before I started recording, but I was thinking all day long. I was like, I should have all the information already. I should just be yep. soaking it all up and have it all ready at the go. And they keep moving everything around. And then they don't have a Thursday game that week. And it, I'm tired. It's exhausting. It's, it's, it's okay. <laughs> I apologize to you and to everybody who's listening because we're so accustomed to it being a certain way. Yeah. I don't have the information available to me because I'm not watching as much. And even in the sites and all, every site we play on, waivers has changed and everything. Oh, yeah. So I want to apologize to Fantasy Fuel <laughs> and anybody who's listening. I am usually more prepared. That's okay. Uh, we we know our football good enough that sometimes not being as 100% current, it's not that big of a deal. And I appreciate you just for being here because Tom is off and I know I can count on you to pick up his pieces. He's moving. He's bought a new house. He's got so much going on. He needs to do him and get everything set up for him and his family. And, you know, we wish him the best and get all that stuff taken care of. Um, one more apology. I'm going to apologize to any New York Jets fans because they're playing against the LA Rams this week. (laughs) And I'm not a huge fan of the LA Rams offense, although it's starting to look a little better, but that defense, again, it was one of the things that you and I were talking about that LA Rams defense is where it's at. And I don't do defenses in fantasy football. If I do defense, it's usually IDP. But I do have to have a defense in the big money league. And I picked up the Rams middle of the year. Somebody had dropped the Rams defense. And I picked them up and I've been playing them. And they've been doing great. And this week they play the Jets. And I couldn't be happier that they play the Jets this week. Um, Is there anybody that you would even consider playing on the Jets? It, it It was a pretty sad week last week. Yeah, I played Tyler Johnson in a couple of spots. I will never do that again. But <laughs> Perryman is my uh, my late season warrior. It hasn't the the point. Of, the problem with the Jets is they don't want to win. Nope. So they don't want to score. So nope. I would highly suggest well, they could they, the they left forty points hang up on them last week. They could have tried to score a couple of times, get some stats padded, but they are just so bad. And the coaches probably aren't even trying to do any kind of different offense to like, oh, let's see if this works. They're like, yeah, screen pass, mm-hmm, draw, go. That's a, I don't even care anymore. Uh, I mean, Sam Darnold only completed 14 passes this last week, and they were down. So they were they should have been slinging the ball, and they just they couldn't make anything happen. And I that was against the Seahawks who don't have the greatest defense in the world. And that's how the Seahawks kind of started falling off. They're like, oh, okay, the defense finally caught up to them. And for the Jets not to be able to do it, yeah, let's not even worry about anybody on the Jets. I know if Tom were here, he'd be like, well, yeah, but maybe uh, Jamison Crowder. No, stop it. We can't do this anymore. There's no more reason to play any Jets people. 
And on the other side of that, we've got the Rams. And who showed up? Well, wait, 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 wait. All right. Crowder used to be a thing. He did. Crowder used to be a thing. I just had to throw that in there. Well, for one, he only had two catches last week for seven yards. And two, he didn't practice Wednesday. Now, there's a lot of people that don't practice on Wednesdays in the National Football League when you're a veteran and you're fine. But he has a calf injury. And now he's got an injury to both calves. So even if... Sam Darnold still loved Jamison Crowder as much as we thought he did. I'm still not playing him. Both your calves are hurting. That can't, you can't get separation when you got both calves hurting. So, yeah, please don't put any Jets in. But yeah. we just had a breakout. Cam Akers, 29 rushes for 171 yards in the win over the Patriots. I know I talked a lot about Cam Akers in the preseason, hoping he would take over this role, but I was hesitant because that Rams offensive line was shaky, and it took until week 14 for Cam Akers to have a breakout, but he did, and man, he looked good. But will the Rams continue this? Because they still have two other fairly young running backs in Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson, and they still like to kind of mix it up except for last game. Did they figure it out or are we just going to get bamboozled? This spot is tender, still sore (laughs) to the touch and preseason. I was all over Cal Maverick. I'm a zero RB guy. I am not going to speak on this because now he's producing and half the teams I had him on. I don't have him no more. Mm. I'm going to go mute on this. Uh-oh. Full retard. <laughs> Plausible deniability. Um, I can't change the pronunciation, but I like the talent coming in from Florida State. Right. R- running behind a very poor offensive line. Very poor. And now he has become. I want to look at my dynasty league. I think I dropped him. Oh, I hope I no. didn't. And I, I have Todd Gurley on that team. So uh, can, can can you keep talking? Um, <laughs> I want to keep talking, but now all I can think about is you possibly dropping Cam Akers in a dynasty league, and my head's starting to spin. And uh, I'm looking right now to make sure <laughs> it, it was just like he was. I I I, I had Daryl Henderson in him beginning of the year. I dropped Daryl Henderson. Oh, okay. And then I could never play Acres. Right. I'm looking right now to see if he's even still on my roster. I'm not even in the playoffs no more. That was one of those that immediately I thought, I hoped you would have asked me, hey, do you still have any faith in Cam Akers before you did something like that? Uh, I still have him on my dynasty team. Oh, thank you. And he's been in my starting lineup for the last two weeks. He okay. Plays the Jets, but I'm out the playoffs. Ah. Uh, but. Yes. Next year. Daryl Henderson never played him. Okay. And I dropped him. <laughs> well. Yeah. And then he went off. So it, it hurt. And Todd Gurley and Akers is in my starting lineup. Speaking of hurts, uh, let's move to Philadelphia and Woo! Arizona, where the Eagles have just come off a victory over the New Orleans Saints. I still have no idea how or why that happened. Oh, no. Actually, I do. It's because... And this is Philadelphia Eagle conspiracy theory time. Oh, here we go. (laughs) 
back, you know, last year when there was somebody reporting that there was an anonymous source in the locker room saying that Carson Wentz was a terrible leader and all that stuff, it was rumored that Alshon Jeffrey was that anonymous source. So, what happens when Jalen Hurts comes in? Alshon Jeffrey finally plays a game where he actually did something useful. I know it wasn't, you know, an elite wide receiver game, but he actually did what he used to do back when he was healthy. And I don't want to start nothing, but it feels weird that Alshon Jeffrey showed up after Carson Wentz was not the starter. Now, this is we, we will definitely be hashing this over all off season for fantasy yes. and dynasty purposes. Yeah, but I fully expect as an Eagles fan that Carson Wentz will be the starter next year. They're just seeing what we got. Yep. Um, I would like to say this: if you were from in the training room, if you're coming back from injury, you should be muted in public. There shouldn't be no rumors, and it, it's, right. I haven't heard it. But I know you're an Eagles fan. Um, for somebody from the training room, somebody who's been injured, um, has been a pro bowler, like you back, you back the leader of your team. If they're a poor leader, right? For you to say they're a poor leader, you're a poor leader. Yep. They're the face of the franchise. They make a ton of money. Now, we talked about if you're in dynasty, you want to store. Um, players for next year. I don't think, and this is my opinion, um, Jalen Hurts is one of those. If you can grab him and, and, and store him, maybe a taxi league, but it, it seems like the Eagles should make um, Jalen Hurts their taste on him. Right. Not in the same spirit, though. No, like, it wouldn't be the same. team is so much money tied into Carson Wentz. You have to get some kind of efficiency, some kind of production. You play your studs, and that's not just in fantasy. That's in NFL ownership. You can make some things happen with both of them on the field. They can feed off each other. Jalen Hurts is on a, a lessened contract. You can cut bait on Wentz, but Wentz is going to go somewhere <laughs> else. And Do you produce. know what Carson Wentz would cost them? If they cut him next year, do you know how much he would cost against the salary cap if they straight up cut him next year? I don't think it's feasible. The Red sixty cut million. You can't cut. Yeah, you can't cut. <laughs> Wentz. You can't cut him. There is zero. I mean, maybe they could trade him. I I think it would. You wouldn't get as much as he could possibly be worth. And I don't know if I saw it on the show last week, but I know I saw it in the last few days. There was a uh, a theory that somebody had posted, probably in an Eagles uh, venue of some point, and they're like, oh, yeah, well, Jalen Hurts is going to win the next two games, and then he's going to get hurt, and Carson Wentz is going to come in and throw a pick six to seal the loss so they don't win the division, and then Bill Belichick is going to trade for Carson Wentz, and he's going to be the next Tom Brady for the Patriots. And I was like, no, no, please don't put that evil on me. I cannot deal with Carson Wentz winning Super Bowls with the New England Patriots. I, I, yeah. would, I would be a very, very sad human being. <laughs> I think I think you put those two minds together in the same room with a coach, you can come up with a viable offense. Um, 
with running and passing, you 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 get options. You become more dynamic. So I don't I don't see him leaving, and I think he's that leader of the team. Alshon Jeffrey is a. Uh, he won't be there next year. If they keep no. him, he counts nineteen million against the cap. If they cut him, they they only have five and a half million, and he is not yeah. worth keeping. I yep. will gladly take the five and a half million hit for just him not to be there anymore. Um, but so, so follow the money, read between. Yes. Ashton Jeffrey is saying that he <laughs> might want out of town. Well, I think he wants his money and if he gets cut, it's guaranteed money. Even if he doesn't play next year and if he gets cut, he gets that money. Plus he can sign somewhere else. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But as far as the rest of the Eagles go, Miles Sanders looked as good as he possibly could, um, with Jalen Hurts at quarterback. I mean, he, Miles Sanders, publicly um, gave his uh, trust in Carson Wentz and said, you know, he's my guy, he's my leader. But he also said he was excited to run read option plays in week 14 with Jalen Hurts. So he was excited, and he, he did what he can do. I mean, he only had 14 carries, but 115 yards and two touchdowns. That's what we were hoping for all year long out of him. It, it, it's it's hard for me to understand. Like I know Jalen Hurts is more mobile, and he can run RPO, but Wentz can too. Like he's not a slug, right? Like good size, decent speed, not as fast as Hurts, but they're interchangeable from that mobility aspect. It does like, feel that way. Um, Wentz holds the ball too long. I haven't seen yeah. Hurts in the pocket try to go through progression. But you have the best of both worlds right there. I don't I don't see that being an issue. No. And then you've got your guys like Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard, who just don't do much so far with Jalen Hurts at quarterback. So Goddard has been okay enough and getting close to that double digits, but I don't know what to expect. It is just completely up in the air right now. Uh you kind of said it earlier. That offense for the Eagles, like, it forced them, when they put Jalen Hurts into the lineup, it forced them to look at their offensive play calling for the first time all year. Their offensive play calling was absolute garbage with Wentz at quarterback. And I know Wentz didn't help himself holding the ball too long, making dumb passes, not throwing the ball away. There was plenty of blame to go around, but that offense didn't change until Jalen Hurts got in at quarterback. And I feel bad for Wentz just at that aspect. It's like, oh, now you're going to look at the offense. Now we're going to maybe make some play call changes that should have happened six weeks ago. I, I have so much to say on that. I could go on and on and on, but this isn't uh -oh. an Eagles show. I, I want to allow <laughs> it. So say, for instance, like you're in a relationship, a, a decade relationship, and somebody, a close friend of yours who isn't in a relationship can give you some advice on that relationship. Because they're not outside looking in. They're not best. Right. They can just see what's exactly. going on. So um, stepping away for a moment for Carson Wentz might be a good thing. Hey, oh, like, yeah, it very well could be. I, I hope it is. Uh, and if <laughs> I guess the biggest concern there with me is, if Jalen Hurts plays semi-decent in the last few games, there's going to be an entire offseason 
of people talking just like we did a couple of years ago. Oh, is it going to be Foles? Is it going to be Wentz? Is it going to be Foles? Now it's going to be, is it going to be Wentz? Is it going to be Hurts? Which one is it going to be? Uh, Jalen Hurts looked good, but Carson Wentz has all the money game. And it's, that's going to get it's into the, his it's head the, too. It's the couch GMs. We, they don't, yeah, they're not, of course. not looking at <laughs> in game. Yeah. Like in money and finance. And of course it'll all come down to in Philadelphia if Doug Peterson is brought back, if Howie Roseman, the GM, is allowed to stay, because their drafting actually hasn't been very good. Uh, we've passed on some really good guys that fell to us, and me, just sitting at home, just doing my little research, was dumbfounded that we didn't take certain guys, or we didn't maybe trade up just a few picks. I wanted C.D. Lamb. Now, C.D. Lamb was great with Dak, and he's been garbage with every other quarterback, basically. But I still think he would have been better for us now and in long term than a guy like Jalen Rieger. And Jalen Rieger is fun to watch, and I think he's going to have his moments, but he's not a guy. He's more of a Deshaun Jackson type than he is an Amari Cooper type. And I see C.D. Lamb being more of a number one, and Deshaun Jackson's never been a true number one. He has been a hell of a guy to watch over the years, but he's not a guy that can give you 110 catches and 1,400 yards and 14 touchdowns. He's not going to do it, and Jalen Rieger isn't going to do it either. So we're still going to be searching for a number one wide receiver, and when you don't have it, your quarterback just might not have it. So... A little abstract. Did you see the catch on the sideline Dan Arnold made? Ah, uh, yes, I believe I did because I said something. I don't know if they caught it good yeah. or not, but he is definitely a wide receiver playing tight end, <laughs> even more so than Darren Waller. Which if, is, I'm going to grab a clip and send to you okay. the catch I'm talking All about right. on the sideline. Right. I don't know if they caught it good. Yeah, I remember seeing a replay again. It was on my screen that didn't have audio, so I wasn't hearing whether or not it was uh, a caught ball uh, in the eyes of the officials. Um, But, yeah, Dan Arnold's one of those guys that he makes some really good plays, and then you look like he's getting three and four targets maybe per game. You're like, why aren't they using this guy more? It seems like he actually has some uh, decent athletic ability, and he can catch some tough balls. Why the next Darren Waller. Just keep a, I, just <laughs> if, right. if you're able to, I don't know if you have the all 22, uh, um, or just watch his catches, sure. hands, uh, wide receiver playing tight end. That's yep. pretty much the problem. And, and he's had and, a touchdown yep. in his last three games. Yep. Like, and he's only getting a few targets. It, it's it's weird. Uh, but and yeah, Kyler but, Murray from the eye test is a different kind of fast. We can say Lamar Jackson is fast. We can even say Patty Mahomes is fast. Kyler Murray is shifty. He His looks fast because he's of, got shorter legs and he's got to take more steps than everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. why um, it looks weird. Um, Russell Wilson 2.0. Yeah, it, it, it's a very good comparison there. Um, though, And both of them have kind of taken uh, a, a dip after the midseason uh, break, whatever you want to call it. Both of them kind of dropped in fantasy production. I know Tom and I had talked about it last week. Uh, If you had somehow a different quarterback other than Kyler Murray, you might want to play him because at one point he was the guy, but his last four weeks have been way below his average going into those. 
Take away the last four weeks. Kyler Murray has Russell Wilson's pocket. Uh, I can't even say presence because he took a couple of bad sacks. But it's yeah. that that eye behind your head, mm-hmm. or when you know you don't even need to look. I only got four, uh, three point two seconds standing <laughs> right, in right, this right. one spot. And then once Kyler Murray figures out how I got three point two at this spot. I got 1.2 at this spot. If I move again, I might get 0.8. Right. Once Kyler Murray figures that out to set his foot, feet, oh, he's going to be special. He, it's not that he's not special, but those snaps yet that Russell Wilson Right, had. for sure. Uh, for the rest of the Cardinals, Chase Edmonds didn't practice. Not that he's been amazing or anything, but he has been a decent fill-in, getting a few catches if you've got a deep league or uh, extra flex positions you got to fill in. Um, Kenyon Drake has been okay. <laughs> Still not worth that second-round pick that you had to spend on him, but you're not taking him out of your lineup now. Uh, three games left. Let's move through these. Yes, it's been a longer episode. Uh but I am more than okay with that right now. Always I, with me. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm back mm-hmm. on my old schedule. I got all the time in the world, and we're good to go. So we'll get through the last three games, and then we will send you on your fantasy playoff way. The next game we talk about, it could be a barn burner, and it could be a very, very one-sided game. I'm talking about Chiefs and Saints. Now... The Eagles just beat the Saints, and their offense didn't seem very good. Uh, Michael Ta- Michael Thomas didn't practice Wednesday. Again, there's a lot of veterans out there that don't practice on Wednesdays. More than likely, Drew Brees isn't going to be back, so that means one more start for Taysom Hill. Now, Sean Payton uh said Jameis Winston would get a chance to be the team's starting quarterback after Drew Brees retires. Now, Drew Brees isn't retiring midseason if he's got a chance to come back. So it's still going to be Taysom Hill. Hey, with Taysom Hill in there, he spreads the ball around with as little passing as he actually does. Uh, Elvin Kamara finally got in the end zone and caught seven passes for 44 yards. So he was finally almost back to his old self, um, but not quite. Let me look at the running back production the last few weeks for Alvin Kamara. Uh, yeah, it wasn't the Alvin Kamara we wanted, but it was the average uh, Alvin Kamara over the course of the season that you got, and that was much better than the previous three weeks for Alvin Kamara. So you were happy to get him back in as at least a a good outing uh, for fantasy points. Taysom Hill, 28 out of 38, 291 yards, two touchdowns, an interception. So he he had to pass more because they were down. But they didn't end up winning that game. And the Chiefs aren't going to let up. The Chiefs are going to score points against that New Orleans Saints defense too. So if the Eagles can put up points on the New Orleans Saints, what do you think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to put up on the New Orleans Saints? And is Taysom Hill actually going to be good, or is he going to get exposed? Because when you're playing catch-up and you're not a great pocket passer, 
I have a feeling Taysom Hill might get relegated, and we might see Jameis Winston in the second half of this next game. Oh, in a blowout, I um, I'm I'm leaning more Taysom Hill. I'm playing him in my money league. For <laughs> I know you didn't want to hear Matt that, Ryan. <laughs> and I get a point for every pat, a five pass attempt. Okay, so I'm taking a hit here. But I'm thinking I'm I'm leaning on the fact that Kamara has been involved more. I think he got like six or seven targets in the passing game. That's the most since yep, he had seven catches over. last week. So I'm I'm leaning more sorts heel for if they play. It's different because the Saints offense has changed from having a two-headed monster under center or sometimes having Breeze under center and Hill in the game at the same time that creates a different different dimension for the defense. But um, Taysan Hill, I just remembered I remember him from BYU. Right. He was able to do there his size and he's he this is an audition for himself and it's going to be a high scoring game. I want some stock in that. Here, here's where I'm coming from with the Taysom Hill for this coming week. The three previous weeks where they won with Taysom Hill under center and without the normal Alvin Kamara, those three weeks, Taysom Hill had 10 carries, 10 carries and 14 carries for 49, 44, 83 yards and a total of four touchdowns. Against the Eagles, Taysom Hill only had five attempts for 33 yards, no touchdowns. That is where I see they're behind. He's not going to be able to rush the ball because they're going to have to pass to try and catch up, and I don't know that he can truly play catch up with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, my thing is I think he'll be more Jameis Winston can sling it. With uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. But we converting third downs, making fair. Even if it's second down and second and eight, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean into possibly extending this drive because I know I need to and keep my yeah, defense off true. the field. So um, and just thinking about his pedigree and just now him having his first opportunity as a starting quarterback. Going back, I watched a lot of film before he got into the NFL at BYU. Okay. Like, who is this guy? Yeah. Who is this guy? And he's a trooper. He's a trooper. So putting yourself in a position to stay ahead of Tampa Bay, and I think there's the this year, the one seed gets a bye. Right, just the one the seed. Not the one and two. Yep, just the one. Right? So, the, so I think that's going to bode well for the organization hoping to get Breeze back healthy. Right, of course. So um, that if, message should have been displayed. Yes, we it should have been. That we need we if, if okay if <laughs> Taysom Hill gets a championship under center, he'll get the same freaking ring and they'll be more powerful. Yeah, with Breeze under center. Yep. Final yep. answer. Final answer. Now, obviously, we don't need to talk about the Chiefs and their offense. You know who you're playing, who you're not playing. But Travis Kelsey only needs 127 more yards over the season's final three weeks to break the single-season tight end yardage mark. And he actually could, as a tight end, lead the league in receiving yards. I don't even know if that's ever been done before by a tight end. And that would be some kind of feat because – 
it's not like they don't have other receiving options. Tyreek Hill can, you know, burn you at a moment's notice. And Sammy Watkins can still catch the ball. He's not amazing, but he, he's still there. Um, but for a tight end, especially with a gunslinger like Patrick Mahomes, for a tight end to lead the league in yards, that speaks volumes to both Mahomes and Travis Kelsey because we knew Travis Kelsey was good. We've always seen it in him. But he's taken it to another level this year, and that is without George Kittle and Zach Ertz and a healthy Mark Andrews that would actually get a bunch of targets. Like He is so far above and beyond every single other tight end um, I know Darren Waller was up there, but th- this is in the flag league. Travis Kelsey has 270 points, averaging 17.8 points per game. Darren Waller is second, 54 points behind him, and averages 11 points per game. And then TJ What's the Hockett, touchdown difference? Uh, that's a good question. Travis Kelsey has... Nine touchdowns on the year, and Darren Waller has seven. So, as far as touchdowns goes, Ooh. that's not not too far Better apart. Better than we talked about preseason. Yes, I remember we had this conversation how Waller don't get touchdowns. Yes, he has turned um, that around this year. You did a public. Um, you did a public announcement. This is our commercial. <laughs> we will preach to you year in and year out. You don't want to play fantasy week 17 and there might even be a week 18 we talked previously before the show and just found out the amazon prime second league yes plays week 17 that is a mistake for myself and the reason why i bring this up because the the member that is 10 and 2 11 and 2 um let me know this because we don't do that i have i we um the network runs seven leagues they all Finals are week 16. Yep. I just created this league this year, and I made a mistake. Can't change now. But the number one seed has Travis Kelsey, and oh, he's worried. No. And he didn't – he did not – I thought I was out the playoffs. I said, good luck the rest of this. He's like, network, you're still in. You have another week. I'm like, no, I don't. He was like, we play week 17. I, I apologized to him immediately. <laughs> I said, that was a mistake on my end. I can't fix that now. If you play in this league next year, we don't play. Nope. I highly advise you don't play because his gripe is Travis Kelsey might not play. Yep. If they he's have it wrapped up, there's player. no reason yeah. for him. So, yes, uh, a good call out there. Uh, th- that has been a thing. I don't remember the last time I played in a Week 17 championship game because that is so infuriating. And it's been better in the NFL because a lot of those Week 17 matchups are division-based, so they do mean more, and most teams still have a little bit of something to play for. But, yeah, if if Kansas City wraps it up and they've got the one seed, they've only got one loss going into the last week, they're going to have it wrapped up. Why would you play Patrick Mahomes other than just starting him? So, he's yes, he started every game this season. There is no point whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Let's drive this home. Say the Steelers haven't lost a game yet in this year. If your fantasy season, say, for instance, they haven't lost, was riding on week 17, don't do it, you guys. I've made the mistake this time of (laughs) copying and pasting. And I have a shot left in the playoffs, but 
this this owner and don't be that owner that just gets all pissy and complains and <laughs> yeah, please don't do that. Yet. Wait to complain till it's over, and then we might have some compassion for you. But if you're in the league before you draft, the first thing you should do once you join, go check the settings. Yeah, because we're yeah. we are human. We make mistakes, and I, as a commissioner, as you being a commissioner, when you get to this part of the year. All we're going to tell you is we can't change nothing. You should have looked at your settings. <laughs> it might be a douche canoe move, but even if I wanted to change it, I could not now. Nope. So PSA, <sighs> check your settings before you draft. Yeah. You can leave the league if the settings don't meet your requirements. I suck as a commissioner because I have one league that is playing week 17. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately, that's 2020 for you. Uh, <laughs> we said it again. We'll keep saying it, and hopefully we will right all of our wrongs uh, in 2021, and we will all come out with a little more experience and, and a little more uh, thought towards all the stuff that can happen at a moment's notice, especially. <laughs> ah, thank you. Thank you for that follow. Appreciate it, Ray. <laughs> uh, thank you, Ray. All right. We record, so if, if we ignore you, it's not because we're yeah. ignoring you. Um, all right. Two games left. Well, they're not very great games. Uh, I mean, I suppose Cleveland at the Giants could be a good game. I don't anticipate it to be a good game, um, but it, it should be the Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt show, and I got to say – over the last few weeks, it didn't feel like Kareem Hunt was really fantasy worthy, but man, he right now, and I don't know that Kareem Hunt has had any return. I don't think he's been in the return game uh, because the lead that I'm doing at gives you points for return yardage. But he is the number seven overall running back on the year, Kareem Hunt is, in this particular league. And that feels weird, especially because he's only got, well, he does have 200 total touches on the year. So all those weeks that Nick Chubb were out, he was getting pretty much all the carries, except for that one week where we all thought maybe there'd be a different running back in Cleveland as a partner for Kareem Hunt, but that didn't last long. But this last week, Kareem Hunt showed what Kareem Hunt's supposed to do as the compliment to Nick Chubb. And that's average five yards on the ground, get a touchdown, and get six catches for 77 yards and a touchdown. So Kareem Hunt might be one of those guys that, yeah, you were already playing him, but now it seems like Cleveland is figuring it out as a team. And Kareem Hunt has figured out what it means to not be the lead back and do everything you can with the touches that he gets in his role on the team. I think um, this year, I mean, right now, the last time was that Cleveland was in the position they're in. And we talk fantasy here, and I know you must scratch your head sometimes. <laughs> like, what is he talking about? But I, I, um, I don't listen. I haven't been listening to fantasy uh, podcasts for like the last month. Yeah, that's so where little, everybody goes. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little raw. But this Cleveland games don't feel like a trap game. It feels like Cleveland has arrived, 
And it's, it's not the LeBron factor. OBJ is gone. The office is... You, you remember when it was a time when um, a Baker Mayfield would hike the ball and then run back 15 yards <laughs> and look lost? Yeah. It doesn't look that way no more. No, he, he looks like he might have finally got everybody's uh, trust. Uh, and And it feels weird that it's happened without OBJ. Because it's not like Jarvis Landry has just taken over. He's had a couple of good weeks. He's had a couple of meh weeks. But Baker Mayfield is now finally using everybody. Rashard Higgins has gotten into the picture. Donovan Peoples-Jones has gotten into the picture. He's using everybody to their advantage. He was using the tight ends for a while. Austin Hooper returned to practice. That's only going to help Baker Mayfield. It's not going to help you and I decide, uh, oh, should I put Austin Hooper into my lineup? No, I'm not playing Austin Hooper. We're not doing that game. I'm not I'm not even playing Rashard Higgins. It's kind of a, a crapshoot when it comes to the wide receivers. He, he's been 12 for 163 and two touchdowns on 19 targets over the last two weeks. That's good, but we haven't seen that from Rashard Higgins over the course of an entire year to be like, all right, he's got to go in my lineup. Now, again, if you've got him there and you have those issues at the end of the week with COVID and injuries, okay, put him in there. He very well possibly could get you another five to six catches for 80 yards and a touchdown, and that would be amazing. Just don't hold your breath. Yeah. yeah. No, I have um, have some history. Um, um, I'm coaching a team where – the quarterback and the wide receiver one were were friends, but the wide receiver one didn't necessarily show up or practice or mm. really have it from the neck up. Like you couldn't give the wide receiver one a playbook; they won't never look <laughs> at it. But the wide receiver one, and the quarterback had chemistry, but it would hurt the team. You take that wide receiver one out the situation now. The pressure, you know how you, we, we talk about pressure of who your guy is or reading to your position. Sure. When you know your wide receiver one is, from a quarterback standpoint, might be far talented more than you. You owe a responsibility to feed them the ball. Now, you take that away from it. Now, the quarterback has the reins of how they disperse stuff or how they run the orders from the sideline. And they become more fluid. They become more trustworthy. They become more um, the quarterback is making the decisions, not the wide receiver. Right. And not to not to say he's not talented, but he deserves a certain amount of respect. And when he comes back, I don't even know if it's possible for him to come back this year. No, it's not. Um, having some time away from him to dictate to. And if I can produce and be and get some wins when you come back, guess what now, brother? Guess guess who's in charge mm-hmm. now? I need you as a conduit. I don't. I'm not your conduit. So hopefully that's what's happening here. Uh, I don't think I answered any questions. Just some <laughs> insight of that's all right. Um, seeing seeing um, Baker change because I lost faith. That will be. But there is a pecking order. There's a totem pole that happens on every field because we're all human and we're all men. Yeah. We're all men. Take that. <laughs> there's, there's very, there's no women in the NFL, and so egos, communication, and oh, pride sure. come into play. Yep. And the team they're playing, New York Giants. 
I, I believe they're technically still the leaders in the division. Um, it's weird to say Daniel Jones is back. I, they're not, or they did lose to the uh, Cardinals, but it's the Giants. It's the NFC East. We still don't know what the hell we're looking at when it comes to those teams. Literally the only guy that I could even maybe finally say okay play is Wayne Gallman and he didn't even get the touchdown last week. It was Deion Lewis. Uh, so if, if you got to, you play Wayne Gallman. If you don't have to, have to. I'm okay with sitting him because he did have a couple of good games in a row. There was, it was like a six-game stretch where he was pretty consistent. And then for whatever reason, he got siphoned off a touchdown and they were behind. They needed a... I, I don't know. Is there anybody besides Wayne Gallman that you're interested in? Yeah. I love some Sterling Shepard, maybe. But other than Wayne, I, well, I'm not even playing Wayne Gallman. It's yeah. just one of those things. I guess it's a trap game, and you think right. the other team has a better matchup. But the Giants is playing for something. So, oh, man. Yeah, it, Dumpster fire? It, it, it feels like they're just going to go down in flames, just, just like the Giants do usually at the end of the season. And Miss the playoffs yet again. The uh, Cowboys might motivate. They're still in the hunt, <laughs> surprisingly. Still, everybody so. is in that division. So, yeah. 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 all right. One final game, and it is probably going to be the worst game to watch on the docket because it is the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cincinnati Bengals. And obviously, the Bengals are just a hot garbage right now. Tyler Boyd is barely playable. T. Higgins is barely playable, and and that's it. Uh, after those guys, y- you were playing them, and you were okay with them, and then all of a sudden A.J. Green comes in and gets the touchdown, six out of seven for 62 yards. Nobody was playing A.J. Green anymore. I know you drafted him a couple spots you know, before the season started and thought maybe he was back. But then Joe Burrow went down. I drafted down. him in a couple of spots. I could have drafted Stefan Diggs. Ooh. Like, kick yourself, fantasy um, drafters. If mm. you had picked A.J. Green over Stefan Diggs, mm. all your fronts should be gone. I wish I would have been in one league of yours that had that happened in and I got Stefan Diggs because you know I um, rank Diggs higher. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm in a bunch of your leagues. You're in a bunch of mine. They went around the same place. Hmm. Interesting. Like, yeah, they went around the same place. We'll have to go back and look at see how some of those drafts ended up uh, when the season is said and done. Uh, but again, it's Pittsburgh versus Cincinnati, and Pittsburgh is still. I know they have a great record, but literally everybody on that team still is question marks. Ben Roethlisberger hasn't been playing as good. James Connor is dealing with injuries. And if he's dealing with injuries this week and this week alone, Benny Snell might be a good play because against a real team, Benny Snell is not really a worthwhile play. Deontay Johnson is pretty much the best guy on the Steelers. And he had a pair of ugly drops to start the game last week. And then he got pulled for James Washington what is going on there? Uh, Juju got a touchdown, but it wasn't like he had an amazing game. He had six catches, 55 yards. I don't know what to make of 
the Steelers? And when's the last time we really heard from Trace Claypool? What is going on with him? You can't stick him in a lineup right now. And then who's their tight end? Eric Ebron. He's had a couple of good games, and then he catches two for 30. What are we doing with Pittsburgh? Their fans are probably liking the fact that they're winning, but are they really fantasy-worthy right now? I know. Um, I played Claypool last week in a couple of leagues. I played Juju in a couple of leagues, and I wish I had Deontay Johnson drops. Like, it's one of those void spots where I don't know if they've locked up the number one seed. Um, let's leave Benny Snell out this equation, even if Connor don't play because he doesn't care. And how Big, Big Ben works from what I look at, um, uh, Benny Snell is a stash. So if Benny Snell is on your waivers, leave him there. If you have Connor, you're going to flex him something and hope with an office of production. Um, Claypool is is a rookie, so he's not consistent. I would rather play uh, Juju or Dante. And then if um, Mr. Johnson has another drop, you can see an uptick for Claypool. But they have no – since Antonio Brown left, there is no totem pole, no higher anarchy right. of who gets the receptions. Yep, and that's pretty much Pittsburgh in a nutshell right now. Uh, Juju – almost had more points than Big Ben did this last week in the flag league. It was 18 to 19. Uh, when your wide receiver can outscore your quarterback, that doesn't seem right because the the Pittsburgh Steelers are 11 and 2 and the Kansas City Chiefs are 12 and 1. So they got to have a lot go right and a lot go wrong for them to have a bye week going into the playoffs now. Now, if it, we were still two top seeds getting a bye week, I think that would have helped Pittsburgh immensely. But right now, they, they got to win every game. So they can't take that, okay, we'll rest a guy this week and we'll see what next week brings. They can't do it. And that's going to hurt some of these guys because they're going to try and play through all these nagging injuries, and that's going to make for a bad fantasy week I mean, you're not going to sit most of these guys but you're not going to get what you've been getting out of most of them especially Deontay Johnson because if he starts having the drops and he starts losing reps to guys like James Washington is that going to hurt his confidence because uh, we've seen him go off but I don't know his psyche. Is it going to be like Carson Wentz where you just start playing like ass and you never want to stick him in a lineup again? Or is does he have the resolve to be like, nope, I got this. I don't care. I'm going to go out there and prove him wrong again. I don't know what type of player and person Deontay Johnson is, but I, I would love to have had him on some rosters this year, but I was unable to acquire him. I think um, twenty four teams. I have Deontay on zero. I would have. I would have traded him for Juju. At one point, yes. Now Juju seems to be a little more consistent since about week seven. Juju has finally been okay, but it's still not to that point where Antonio Brown was on the team and Juju was the number two, and he was putting up wide receiver one numbers. Now he's just kind of 
Whatever. Uh, let you know, me see. Also, another player that contract is in peril. I don't think they resigned. Uh, be playing for another team. That is very, very true. Uh, I know he is. I've heard that he's not exactly happy in Pittsburgh. So that is a, a good guy to keep an eye on for the rest of the season. And, and as much animosity as there's been and as much up and downs, he's still the 20th overall wide receiver in the format. I'm what? At. He is. He is wide receiver 20 right now in the format I am looking at. He's only had two or well, three bad weeks, two terrible weeks and the rest of he's just been hanging around. And that's been good enough this year because consistency has been all over the place. I mean, for everybody, if you're just looking all across the board and we're going to do a show on this after the season is done, because I am seeing so much just at a quick glance right now, you look at a guy like Tyler Lockett, he starts off the season, 18, 18, 38, six, eight, 56, six, eight, 14, 22, 11, 11. Like where is the consistency in 2020 with these wide receivers, Robert Woods, he, he was eh, average 17, 12, 21, 10, 17, 13, 6, 28, 9, 32, 16, 17, 10. Like, where is the consistency among all of these wide receivers and guys that we thought were going to be consistent all year long? Like Terry McLaurin, even he's fallen off the last couple of weeks. Uh, there's something going on here and we're going to take some time and dig into these uh, trends and inconsistencies that we see because there, there is so much that I'm looking at. Like there's no way you could have predicted any of these guys to be where they are right now on a consistency basis, except for one guy right now that I see just looking one guy right now, Stefan Diggs as the only guy that has been consistent like that all year long, hasn't gotten injured, hasn't missed games because of COVID. But he was somebody that was not hot around when we were drafting, right? Like you were able to grab him. And I grabbed wide him. wide receiver one, <laughs> you're winning right now. Yeah, exactly. I have made the playoffs in every, every league that I have Stefan Diggs in. Uh, you know, guys like Devontae Adams, yeah. Uh, he, to me, is the best wide receiver in football, but he got hurt, uh, missed almost a full game, missed two games after that, a bye week, came back and wasn't himself. So there's four weeks in a row that you couldn't count on Devontae Adams, and then he was a beast for pretty much every game after that. But he didn't help you for four weeks. He didn't help you. Stefan Diggs helped you every single week this year. And you can't say that about hardly anybody. So for a future show, I'm already getting excited thinking about it because I love digging into all the stats and all the trends. So we'll get there eventually. But for right now, (laughs) I used to be a guy that like, you got to hit in the 10th round, 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th round. But maybe the round they hit in three, four, five. It's seeming to be that way. And, I, I love that observation because we all know round one this last year was absolutely horrible. CMC, Zeke, guys like that. Michael Thomas, who some people picked in the top five picks, sometimes maybe even number one overall if it was a PPR league. And you can't blame them for that. 
but it was absolutely horrible in that round one. And I'm glad this year. I am so glad that I didn't get a top five pick anywhere. I was at the back of the round. And who was I taking? Derrick Henry and guys like that. I'm like, okay, I'll take that. Let's I mean, go. there was some Nick Chubb and stuff thrown around in there, and there was some Miles Sanders thrown around in there too. But it, I felt better having the later pick to grab a couple of not elite, elite guys. And then the third and the fourth round, you're kind of you're, you're taking the next level, next tier of guys, and, and that's where Stefan Diggs was. And you could have got a guy like Adam Thielen, and he hasn't been consistent, but Adam Thielen is still a guy that is number 11 overall in this league. But 34, 6, 12, 27, 30, 14, 5, 6, 21, 33, 22, 7. What? You can't keep winning with a guy like that on your roster because sometimes you need that 30 point game when somebody else has a bad game. And then you get a six point game. When your other wide receiver gets a six-point game. I know that happened for Tom this last week. Uh, you know, I don't remember who the two wide receivers were, but it was Thielen and somebody else who, you know, oh, three catches for 40 yards. Like, that's not going to get you into the fantasy championship. But I digress. We have gone very, very long this week. And I've yes. had a blast yes. doing it. Thank you, Network, for being here and doing this. Uh, it, it'll be it'll be a long um uh, ride to work if you're <laughs> listening to this <laughs> um but yeah it, it was a blast and uh hopefully we've given you some insight into week 15 and uh either your semifinals or finals however it works onto you uh good luck with all of that do you have anything else to add before we let everybody on their merry way i would like to apologize this podcast turns into <laughs> long phone conversations and we do this uh, multiple times throughout the week we express our to each other things we're dealing with in fantasy football tom hurry back we cannot <laughs> continue to have three hour podcasts and we cannot make john eddie jr edit this stuff after in yeah. so um you guys stay safe Happy holidays to everybody. Um, 2021 is going to make um, a 2020 look like poo as far as Fantasy Few is associated or is concerned. So don't bail yet. <laughs> We're dealing with the chaos just like you guys are. And good luck in your playoffs. That's all I have to say. For sure. Good luck. Uh, thank you for being here, and uh, we will see you next week. And until then, don't forget to stay fueled up. Facts. Word.